Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Morning. Hey, good morning, Kenny. You want to take off the gloves about Darius Garland now, or you want to wait? Let's take the gloves off. Let's just take the gloves Taking off and start swinging at each other. Off. I've been sitting here. Why does it have to be that almost, vicious? I've been sitting here for 20 hours, and I'm just like, well, let's take the gloves off right now. Because I think. Why does a decent, I, well, a legitimate debate, a I discussion saw, about the state of affairs. I saw the responses. With a particular player on a basketball team. Why does that have to constitute I saw the responses a no-holds-barred melee? To your opinion about Darius Garland, and I got a little bit annoyed. Because I got a little annoyed because there were, there were some people going, you better be careful. What what are they? What's the name that people have for Garland fans? What is this name that the internet has come up with? Has cooked has cooked up with for Garland oh, fans? I don't even know. I didn't know there was. Well, let's one. see. Let's see what you had said. Hold on. Well, does Dar- uh, what is Darius Garland's nickname? Uh oh, the Garland Guardians, according to uh, Brandon here on social media. Twitter reactions brought to you by Shive and Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Brandon says. Or you had said, love Donovan sticking up for DG. It's what real leaders do. He did this at 103 p.m. Mm-hmm. I think you brought this up in the show, but who knows if I was paying fully attention. Uh, you said, love Donovan sticking up for DG. It's what real leaders do. But we all have eyes, in parentheses, and the stats to back it up. The, the Is that what that is? Is that what that, that stands for? Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. to back it up, end of parentheses. DG is a shell of his former self right now. Hell, Ben Simmons has a higher per... P-E-R, and yeah. It, well, yeah, but I always said per, sorry. P-E-R in eight less minutes a game. We know how talented he is. Cavs need him badly to win a series in the East. When you say Ben, ben Simmons is loaded language. Ben Simmons yeah, is the yeah, was Andy language. Dalton's backup. Okay, so at least you understand hell that. Yeah. If, okay. If, if anybody is questioning where Darius Garland's game is this season, I just put him in a sentence with Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons was the guy with the higher PER. And when you say Ben Simmons, I'm going to take yeah. it as disrespect. And so when Brandon says the Garland Guardians, are, the Garland Guardians in this city will see this and come for you, they will protect him at all costs. And there were plenty of people who saw that and came after you and tried to protect him at all costs. And maybe I'm one of them. Maybe I'm one of them. I, I think we're getting a little bit overzealous with the Darius Garland stuff. I, I Actually, I think we're getting a lot overzealous with the Darius Garland stuff. I mean, he missed how many? 14, 15 mm-hmm. games this year? Okay. He came back. And, and I understand. He's not driving as much as he should. He's not looking for any contact the way that he he started to uh, during the All-Star run. 
I understand that. But I also know that he is a 6'2 guy, and he is a slight body. And I don't think the contact— 6'2". I think, I think you're giving him two okay, inches. Okay, fine. He's a 6'2 guy, <laughs> give or take two inches. It was okay enough for Liz, and it'll be okay enough for you in a basketball <laughs> argument. So give or take two inches, I got a 6'2 guy, allegedly, who doesn't necessarily naturally run into contact that much with behemoths in the NBA. And it hurts even more when he's been slapped in the face yeah. numerous times and broke his jaw. That Guys, that is going to lead to less aggression. Yeah. So now you are, battling, you are battling a guy who lost weight. He's already slight to begin with. Now, I know that he's put some of that weight back on. But he lost weight. He's already slight to begin with. I, now, I can't defend the whole not dribbling while he was injured. I don't understand that. Yeah, that I, I saw, can't. I, well, the, the only reason, well, let's, let's, tell, people, my arms let's tell people why that came up. Because the pushback I got was uh, he missed all these games. Somebody said he lost 20 pounds. He lost 12, according to Chris Fedor. And what did you expect? 12 pounds is a lot to a guy I, that, that and, thin. And he is. He is. I, I think the bigger picture is that, you know, he's basically – and, and this isn't a load management situation. He's basically missing 15 or so games every year, 15 to 20 every year. This is who he is as a very slight point guard who's one of the smallest starting point guards in the league that has the obvious limitations on defense. And when that comes up, when that comes up, what you just said about, well, you know, because somebody responded, well, he, he was told not to dribble. Because I'm like, what was the injury again, Ken? What was the injury again to Darius Carlin? fractured his jaw so why wasn't he able to work on I facets got, of his game Tone, i got i got nothing like i got when it that happened I can't when I the injury when the injury happened i said well the good news is that while darius will have to ramp up get his cardio up and get his body back to where it is the good thing is he'll be able to his, his shot was broke earlier in the year for him for him not for most people i mean for max Struess, you know that would be a good shot but for darius garland that was way below. Somebody's taking a lot of shots. Way below. And his turnovers. <laughs> Remember, he led the league in turnovers at one point, which was unbelievable know, considering his usage was nowhere near some of the top nope. guys like Giannis in the league, yet he was turning the ball over so much. Nobody would so let me f hear the end of it. He had the, the, these litany of issues that it was uh, apparent to everybody with eyes that he was not Darius Garland. Like, this was not him. And he had other injuries to start the year, too. So that was compounding the problem. And all I said was, well, the good news is he's going to be able to work on his shot and his ball handling during the break. And then turns out, no, doctors told him he could not dribble. I'm like, what? I got no defense of that. For a jaw injury? Well, well, I, hey, well you got to go by doctor's orders. Oh, you're telling me Donovan Mitchell would not have worked on his two, game? 216-474-0092. If there's any doctor driving yeah, in right now, know. please let us know. Lima is a person who knows people in the medical field. He knows a lot more doctors than yeah, I do. Yeah, but this one was lost I, on me. I only have the great Dr. Curtis Dornan, and I don't know if I would ask him this question. Maybe he would know. Maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know if he's up and about. He's got a lot of children he has to deal with. So I'm not sure if that's that's the case, Tone. Yeah, the, the, I have so, no idea about that. So I, I can't fight are, you on that one. There are a number of reasons why Darius's game has gone south to where in the Hollinger point guard rankings, well, he's 24th. The doctors wouldn't let him dribble. He's 24th. This is not the Darius we all fell in love with. This is not the all-star Darius Garland. So, yes, there are reasons. And there are fans who will always say, well, there are reasons. There are reasons that Baker Mayfield had this kind of a season. There are reasons that Colin Sexton did. Don't like, compare we, me to a Baker but, Mayfield defender, no, no, it's, please. It's, it's, what, it's what fans that, that stick up for their guys. And good. Every fan base 
in every every town and every sport, they need a fan base that sticks up for them. That's that's fine. But we can also be honest and say this is not remotely the Darius Garland that not only he is, but that this team desperately needs in terms of a second creator for the playoffs. Because if their second creator in the playoffs yeah. is Evan Mobley, who's panicked and running the wrong way out of bounds for a clutch potential three-point attempt the other night, uh, if it's Max Struess, who's one of the lowest percentage high-volume shooters in the NBA, like you're going down in flames in the first round if you don't get the Darius Garland that he needs to be. That's fair. They got 26 games left, according to my math that I had to write out real quick because I'm not very good at it. Do they not have time to get that figured out with Darius? No, that's the the one fortunate thing is you do. I do think down right. the stretch run, you you have that opportunity. And that's why we were so quick. Like fans are like, did you see the two three-pointers he just made the other night against the Wizards? Like you could tell. We are so desperate to see it that we'll uh, against the worst team in basketball, if he hits two threes in a in a close game that has no business being close in the fourth quarter, we'll crown him right it's, there. It's tough for me because I I get defensive of him. I'm gonna get to this call here in a second. I get defensive of him. However, I can't get I, if I'm coming to such a defense at six in the morning to start off a show with you, like getting ready for a game tonight against the Dallas Mavericks, it would have to show I'm a bit concerned about him, wouldn't it? I if I wasn't concerned about Darius Garland, I'd be talking to you about you and Owen on the on your way into work this morning, which we will talk about at 7:45 during FML. Like that's that's what I would do. The, Instead, I, I decided to, to tee off on you about Darius Garland and try to put you through the paces here. But obviously, if I go, hey, are you concerned about Darius Garland? I don't know, Ken. Do you hear yourself? So I have to admit that. Let me get to Mike in Cleveland. Hello, Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks you, for taking my call. Are you a doctor? Well, I'm a uh, self-appointed doctor. I pulled a Rambo once when I was camping and sewed my own finger You've up, done your own research. That. Okay, <laughs> that sounds good. You performed a tourniquet. Excellent. The only thing I could think of is if while dribbling – he misses it for somebody breaking his concentration. Comes up and hits him in the mug. That's the only thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, he's a professional that, basketball player, he Mike. Dribble. He's a professional Boy, basketball was, player. Was, I understand. I understand. But what else you got? I mean, that's the only thing I can come up with. It was last year. Mike it was fascinating how many games he I would get jostled in the face. And then he would be on the deck for four minutes. And we were wondering, is this it? to sit again and then it happened again this year i need a doctor so unfortunately i don't know how if he plays any different i mean trey young is a foul merchant right that's the terminology for somebody like trey young who's gonna miss maybe the rest of the season gravity we'll see the 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 thing that trey young does is he flails away into the lane so you would think trey young would be getting hit in the face way more than darius garland does i don't know what happened so darius because he got hit in the face a whole bunch and now he's timid that's what well, happened. That, that that is. I'm true. not afraid to say he's timid. That is true. That I I think that might happen to anybody. You gotta, he's who gets a shooter. That much. You're a shooter. You're supposed to draw fouls in this league. And, and part of drawing fouls in this league is obviously making physical contact. That's the whole point of a foul. And he's a slight guy, but he's a shooter. I got to get you to the line so I can get people off you, so you can get a shot off. Is that not the name of the game? But I can't get a shot off if I can't get to the line a whole bunch and get people into some sort of foul trouble. Because I'm going to have the ball in his hand a whole bunch. So there, what I get upset about is there's a reason I got 26 games to go. And I think some people are being a little bit, I know what's going on here. And the crux to me is that a lot of people are worked up about Donovan Mitchell and keeping Donovan happy. 
And and I just I think a lot of people are worked up about his future, and I think a lot of people are taking any sort of conversation that they hear nationally, and they seem to be taking it out on Darius Garland. Because there's nothing I can say about Donovan Mitchell that would impugn his reputation, and I mean that sincerely. There's nothing I can say negative about Donovan Mitchell right now. Not not a thing, not at all. He's been perfect. He's been professional. He's been a great player. There's nothing I can say about him. But I think a lot of people, because of it wasn't just after the All-Star break that they started to struggle. The couple of games before the All-Star break, it, they started to fart around. So this has been kind of the last two weeks plus that they have not been to their ass-kicking ways. And you're not always going to be that way. It's a, it's a tougher part of the schedule. Orlando's not a team that just goes quietly into that good night. Chicago's trying to stick around. Obviously, Dallas is going to be a tough test tonight. And Philadelphia is still supposed to be a playoff team. I know that. So some of this stuff is explainable. But I think to a lot of people, it might be taken on ex- taken on uh, excuses. And we are in the time of year where we overreact to what the Cavs are doing because there's not a whole lot else going on. That's another thing, is that the, the spotlight is white hot on them because I got the I got the Guardians in spring training and the Browns aren't doing anything right now except getting ready for the combine. And we got some other op- rumors and innuendo and things like that, but there's nothing I could see tangibly on a, on a field of, or court of play. I, I Listen, there are enough games left in a season, and then obviously the Cavs are going to the playoffs. Cavs are going to have home court advantage in the playoffs. Um, we know how fickle that can be because they lost it so fast last year against the Knicks. It was like, oh, yeah, we had home court advantage. Where'd that go? That's gone. And then Darius, in, I think it was game two of that, of that yes. series. Game two was the he, game that he, he controlled. He was a monster. Yeah. He's a total monster. They've got to get back to that. They've got to they've have that second guy. All these good NBA playoff teams – have a second guy. Evan Mobley is not not close to ready to be that guy. And, you know, there's only so much you can hope that Karis LeVert can come off the bench. And he is a guy capable of dropping 25 at any time if he's hot. But if you're if you're riding him and he happens to not be, you know, he can well, sink you just as fast. 26 games. Can Evan Mobley get there in 26? I don't think so. I don't. I think Evan Evans matchup oriented. So against bad teams, I don't want to. Uh, we're against sticking to Garland teams, right now. I'm not talking yeah. about Mobley yet. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I, I got plenty of well, time. Well, he's to, asking a legitimate question because we've wondered. We're, well, we got to do three, something, Ken. We're three fourths of the well, way. I there. know we have to do something here, but it, I mean, you got of the three guys. Excuse me, of the four guys, I got Jared Allen, who's doing exactly what he needs to do. Right, right. Yeah. He's been okay. Great. But is Jared Allen, frankly, is Jared Allen a big part of the future? You're not going to run any and offense. He's not an him. offensive option. Okay, but is he also a big part of the future? Because I can think big term here, long term. Uh, is he or has has he or has he not been the first Maybe. trade piece that people have talked? Well, Maybe. Maybe. Thank you. Maybe. Mobley, we expect to be a part of the future. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. I'm concerned. And Darius Garland, clearly, I'm concerned because now I I got a timid guy who's. And I, guys, I would be too if I got slapped by six foot eight guys every in the face every time I went to the paint. Yeah, I'd probably be a little bit nervous myself. I'll admit that. It's really we annoying. Got, I'm six we three, and I'd be nervous. Joe running point. Yeah. Well, Why are you guys doing that? I mean, stop hitting me. Put it at this: most guys listen to us are probably five ten. If some guy who's six eight, six nine slapped you in the face and hurt you, hurt your eye or broke your jaw, probably a little bit nervous taking it to the block. I'll admit that wholeheartedly. Yeah. If Dar- if Darius, so, Darius was dribbling in there. There's a bunch of Cam Newtons but it's at his, a football camp. But it's his job. Stay two. Stay two of that reference. We'll see if it continues. Our continuing coverage. I, I just can't, can't stop believe watching it that happened. video. I his can't hair, believe it. His hair sticking through the hat, and he's just hip tossing <laughs> high school players. Are those high school kids? I'm not sure. Who were know. those? It's, I would imagine they it's were. Six people, right? How do we not have and the story yet? Hip tossing them. What provoked? It's Cam Newton. He's got to be 6'5", 260 by now. Oh, yeah. 
and he is in shape. Yes. He's not like, he's oh, dumb. I've been away from football. I That's let it all dumb. go. Like, he's bigger than Joe. Look, Joe's taller, but yeah. he's heavier than Joe. Like, Joe's leaner. He's stronger. I wouldn't mess with Joe. I wouldn't mess with Cam Newton. I wouldn't mess with any of those guys. People hated. I, I had a wild take on CBS Sports Radio, which is probably why I'm no longer on CBS Sports Radio. Well, what, At the end, when no one would really give Cam Newton a shot, I'm like, how can he not rush the passer? How would he not be defensive I end? That. I remember that. How, who's going to stop Cam Newton from coming after Well, you said that LeBron James is a defensive end, too. I did. And I, I maintain. I'd at least put Cam at tight end. It's, he That's take, true. There's not a chance. The flats. LeBron James is a terrific athlete. There's not a chance he could stand the physical punishment of being a defensive end. Cam, possibly, because he's nuts. And yeah, had, he broke, a, broke his back before, and he still went out and played. Like, the that man's, weekend. Yeah, the man is uh, on another level. When it comes to physicality, that I thought was a more believable take than the LeBron James thing. All right, we'll get back to Darius Garland coming up in a bit. I, I'm tr- I'm avoiding Evan Mobley right now because of the guys who are, I, I don't know about Donovan's future. Dar- be, just because of the contract, Mobley's a com- conversation. Garland's a conversation. Jarrett's been great, but how much of a conversation can you have? So when I really dig underneath the surface, I will admit there's a lot of things that I don't necessarily want to see. 216-474-0092. Coming up next, it's news so big, we have a guest Friday to talk about it. About last night, next on The Fan. Now, the Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima give their thoughts on what you might have missed about last night. He said we. Will he still be saying we Ooh. in 2024? Find out at 7 o'clock. Boy, that is going to be the question. Spicy, Kenny. Thank you. Spicy. Ken likes this question spicy. I love it too. It's time for about last night. Okay. And Darius Garland, the two of us, no holds barred, as you dubbed it earlier in the show, getting after it. And then hey, I feel like at each other. I feel like we kind of agreed. We kind of agreed. We both No, we, I don't I don't agree with you. We both agree that no. He is not looking anything like Darius Garland. But I have a reason for it. Like, there's people just, well, they're the Garland Guardians. Well, wait, wait. Are we supposed to think he just sucks now? Well, he doesn't I, I, suck. I, oh, God. When you were out, I had people, yeah, I had people saying it. I go, come on, guys. No, there are. Because there is a max contract there. And I go, well, what else are you going to yeah. pay the guy? Well, you hold he, on to a guy who's a top-end pick, you're going to you're gonna pay him a top-end salary. Well, I think, I think obviously we're all... We've all been led to believe that he's part of their future when you pay him 200 bucks with a chance to make 230 plus million dollars. And if you think Kobe Altman's going to admit he's wrong, <laughs> okay, <laughs> good luck. I mean, he, Darius has has always been a part of the core, and so has Evan Mobley. You know, Jared Allen. I know the. I know he's working under a very team friendly contract. I don't think anybody would ever put a stop sign up if he was part of a bigger trade to bring in more, infuse more talent to the team. Like, that's that's always been part of the discussion. But Jared Allen's played so well this year. Probably should have been an all-star for the second time in his career. Yes. Um, Darius, the reason I think we're so nervous is because he's part of the core with or without Donovan Mitchell. At least that was the thought when you got Donovan Mitchell. Meanwhile, Zach Harper appeared right here on Sports Radio 92.3, 92.3, the fan, national NBA writer. Now, this to say about Garland, his struggles, and where he fits. I mean, I don't think he's nearly as good as, as I expected him to be, and I think as most people did, because, one, the injury. He missed a lot of time, right? And, two, I do still think, like, even though they were successful last season, they've been successful this season, there's still not that comfort with him and Donovan still on the court together, you know? Like, I, it's not bad. It's not like, ooh, I don't know if this can work. I just don't think it's maximizing both players at all times. I think you've even seen Mobley suffer from from that a little bit because you know those are two guys that need the ball in their hands 
fans to find that rhythm and to be at their best. And trying to spread that around, trying to get them in rhythm is tough. And Donovan's just been the better player. And everything he says there, I, I, I don't think is far off. Now, whether or not, you know, this is going to stunt Garland and hitting the ultimate ceiling that we always thought he was going to, I think that's way too premature. I mean, if, if Donovan Mitchell tells the Cavs he wants to go somewhere else and they trade him this offseason, do we not all think if Darius Garland's healthy, he's he's not going to put up huge numbers next year? He's got, well, he's going to put up huge numbers. The question is, how good is the basketball team? Yeah, how good team? is because the team going to be? Then I have to start wondering the same question I wondered for Colin Sexton. And it's, that's only to be fair. If you're not a great basketball team and, you're, and teams are averaging over 90 points a game, well over, yeah. someone's got to score the bulk of the points. Well, tonight is a huge matchup. They're going up against the Dallas Mavericks. And if you look at, uh, you know, Dallas and how well they've played in in really the last month as they've gotten healthier, this is, I think, the healthiest the Mavs have been. But yet they're still at the eight seed in the West. They're coming off a loss. It's a huge matchup tonight. And I cannot wait to see. Because, you know, sometimes all it takes is one game. If Darius Garland goes off tonight... And the Cavs win. I am going to be insufferable. I tomorrow. think, well, good. We all should be. Oh, I mean, wow. I, I think we'll all be sitting here saying, there you go. That's that's the guy that the Cavs need down the stretch run and into the playoffs. Sometimes it only takes one game. We just haven't seen but that one game. You just called him a shell of his former self the other day, yesterday. I mean, is that not what it's looked like? What if he breaks out of his shell, though? So after one game, he's fixed? I, th- I think it would go a long way towards instilling confidence. Okay, well, I have to, I have to attack your, to do it because your original premise then. Well, how? That's my whole thing about not freaking out. If all of a sudden, like, if he went for 30 tonight and looked great doing it, and they won against Dallas, well, all of a sudden he's fixed and everything's going to be fine? Oh, I don't know that it'd be fixed. Certainly, I don't know if it's going to get well. They got I, Chicago tomorrow. But so. I, I think it would go a long way. I mean, look at these numbers. Every 6 of 15, 6 of 13. Uh, he just hasn't shot well. He's had some nice games from three-point land, but other than that. Well, when a doctor won't let him dribble, <laughs> will a doctor let him shoot? I need a doctor to explain to me why. Before the end of the show, please, yeah. somebody run down a doctor oh, no. to explain to me why he wasn't allowed to dribble while he had a fractured jaw. And if you think you're going to be an all-time great player and you're a max player, would you listen to a doctor on that one? Uh, hmm. Like, do you think Kobe Bryant is sitting there going, well, doctor's orders, I'm not allowed to dribble the basketball. I mean, they say mama mentality, but on this one, I got to I gotta take the advice. I got to take the suggestion. Anyway, Dane Brugler is talking wide receivers. We had a big conversation about Amari Cooper, whether he is a number one. Check all of that on the Odyssey Rewind function. It's all available for you and on the websites where you can find it. So we had that discussion yesterday. And it led people to believe, well, if you can't get T. Higgins, if you can't get Mike Evans, maybe the Browns need to be going into the draft to bolster their wide receiver core. Here's Dane Brugler right here on Sports Radio 92.3 The Fan with more on this year's wide receivers in the draft. I'm convinced that for the rest of our lives, wide receiver is going to be a strength of every draft. That's where all the athletes are going from Pee Wee 
to youth football, seven on seven, high school. You know, the top athletes want the ball in their hands. And if they're not quarterbacks, they want to be wide receivers. And so we're going to see receivers be a strength from here on out. And this year, no exception, 17 in my top 100. And there were a few guys that I hated leaving out of that top 100. A couple receivers easily could have made it. So, you know, if you're a team like the Browns who are in the market for wide receiver help, all these different flavors of receiver, this draft has something for you. So if I'm the Browns, receiver is looking like a pretty appealing position somewhere on day two. Okay, so day two, obviously the Browns don't have a day one draft pick. Now the way that they have drafted under this regime is taking wide receivers, taking flyers. And you tell me if you don't like the term flyer. But Cedric Tillman, I think, was the 11th wide receiver taken. He was 74th overall the year before that. David Bell, 99th wide receiver. I think he was 16th wide receiver taken. The year before that, Anthony Schwartz, 91st overall. But again, double digits in terms of receivers taken. They have never taken aim at a receiver you know, in that in that day one, which they haven't had the picks, or day two, do you think that changes this time around? Well, I would say our first pick is at mid-50, 54-55. So what, if you wanted a wide receiver, wouldn't you go there? Like, I, their fl- the quote-unquote flyer stuff really hasn't panned out that well. Like, Cedric Tillman, Cedric Tillman has some talent. People are like, well, maybe he could be the number two. Well, I, I clearly, saw that yesterday, so people were asking. But you've been given evidence here from the Browns' hold media uh, that he is not running great routes. And he is not running the right routes. And you saw that in a couple of games where Joe Flacco was frustrated. And then remember the game against the Bears where Joe Flacco nearly threw the pick six is Cedric Tillman comes off the field and Kevin is saying, no, son, wrong route. Like, it's that. So now I have to wonder, okay, your top end and aides, he's a rookie, so you can get better running a route, clearly. But now I have to think, okay, is he going to get it? Because you got to have something there. Is his top end speed great? No. Is his route running great? Clearly not. Is his playmaking ability there? Maybe. Okay, can we work on the other things? Okay, but is that going to be ready to be a viable number two option getting ready for 2024? I can't expect that, can I? Well, no. No, I, I, I agree with you there. You know, big question. You know, I've heard in recent years, and this isn't a Browns thing, this is a NFL thing, is the calendar. So... The draft is after free agency, right? Yeah. The free agency comes before the draft. Yeah. Do you think that will dictate the draft? Like, if they come up empty in free agency, then they have well, to go they, in the draft, Where right? are they supposed to go in free agency that's going to give them a better person than what they already have? I mean, they, they haven't signed. This is where I said what I said about Kobe Altman. Now I have to look at Andrew Barry here. I said what I said about... Them not with Cedric Tillman and David Bell. David Bell's been banged up. But if you have Amari Cooper, well, he's making 20. Now, that can be restructured, clearly. But I have Elijah Moore there. Now, Elijah Moore is going into the final year of a four-year rookie deal. Or are they going to give up on Elijah Moore after this year? Because they gave up a second-round pick for Elijah Moore. And we've all said, and I don't know if you felt this way, but Daryl and I felt this way, that he was kind of misused. And it kind of set the tone for the rest of the year. Like, they thought he was going to be this Brandon Ayuk guy who might be available for everybody. But I don't, if you're going to trade for anybody, do you have, what picks do you have to trade? Yeah, do we have the what assets? What space do you have to sign that guy for a long term deal? You can, you can create some space, but there's a lot of things that you have to do. And that would also involve kicking the can down the road with Deshaun Watson and his contract. When Daryl was on yesterday and flatly said he would not restructure him, 
okay, well, that's definitely going to affect what you can do in terms of getting a wide receiver in free agency yeah, they, or at a trade. If they don't restructure, then I say Watson's forget it. Contract, You're going to the draft. For, they don't have for much a wide money. Receiver. Yes. they don't have much available money. That's it for about last night. Outstanding. I mean, is there a problem with anything I said right there? I don't think so. No. It, 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 I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's what it comes down oh boy, to. Boy, reality hits quick when we're talking about being aggressive, taking wide receivers much higher than where they've taken them. And, oh, by the way, they traded a second rounder for Elijah I'm, Moore. I, I think if Elijah Oof. Moore shows anything, they're going to try to sign him and keep him to, to pay that off, which is a sunk cost possibly, but th- that's where a lot of teams stand. Oh, we've seen three years of Elijah Moore, two different teams, I wanna, about 100 quarterbacks, and it has not looked good with I anybody. Wanna, uh, none of those quarterbacks have been that great, though, except for Joe Flacco. Uh, I want to ask Zach Jackson about that coming up at 820. Okay, make sure, remind me, I asked Zach Jackson about that Elijah Moore scenario coming up at 820 this morning. Coming up next, it was a big loss, but let's not overreact to one loss. It is explainable. I'll tell you why next on the phone. 216 Lima, you asked me yesterday, off the air, on the phone. Should we overreact? Should the Browns overreact to the playoff loss? You, We just went over this whole, you took me on this odyssey, a wide receiver, and I go, guys, you're kind of trapped in a way, and you don't even realize it. And I could draw it up on the whiteboard if you want me to and explain it to everybody. Because then, well, you, you, like if we had Daryl on yesterday, and he'd say, well, you can't restructure Deshaun Watson. Are you? He would bite the bullet and wouldn't restructure Deshaun Watson. Okay, well, then we can stop this tough talk about wide receivers right now because you're still not going to be able to restructure enough without his contract restructured to go out and trade or pick up one of those other free agents. And when we got to the whole argument about Amari Cooper and whether or not he's a legit number one in the NFL, not just because he's the number one at the Browns, okay, if you wanted to get him, you want to get someone as good or better, that's just an impossibility. Those guys aren't free agents. Those guys aren't. They're not traded without anything that you you really don't have. You don't have a high enough pick to trade one of those guys. Now, Amari Cooper was traded for his contract in a fifth-round pick. I guess you could do something like that if you really wanted to try, but it might be hard to do considering, again, the amount of money that's going to be against your cap coming up in the future because of your quarterback's contract situation. And then when it comes to the draft, you haven't done very well drafting wide receivers, taking quote-unquote flyers on guys. Well, I, I asked you the question not just – in terms of wide receiver, I, I'm talking about everything, the entire team. Knowing that, you know, quarterback, you're not, you're not, you, you, we know who the quarterback is. That has nothing to do with the quarterback. Yes. And we know Joe Flacco threw those pick sixes, which made that game, you know, unwinnable. But I would also argue the defense, the defense actually played worse than Joe Flacco did in that game. Remember, Joe Flacco was lights out in the first half. Mm-hmm. The only thing that derailed Joe Flacco in the first half was a couple of blitzes. Um, that they could not block or or just pass rushes that they could not block on third down that led to sacks. But Joe Flacco had played lights out in the first half, very similar to the Joe Flacco we had seen the five weeks prior, and they were losing, and they had given up so many yards offensively. And I know the final stats. they you mean defensively. Defensively, the final stats, you know, they gave up in total yards, 356 yards. It's because the Texans didn't do anything in the fourth quarter because they, it was a blowout. Yeah. Like, it, it could have been a 500-yard day easily if C.J. Stroud was allowed to just step back and throw the way that he wanted to. And so I asked you the question. We're doing all these things to, to figure out how to improve the Browns. What every team's trying to do is improve. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. On the roster they had the year before, and like I said every year, uh, it's kind of funny. There are 30 fan bases that think the team is better than the year before every year, which is not really possible. Do they have to look at what happened in that playoff game? And Andrew Barry's talking today, and... Kevin Stefanski's talking tomorrow. You'll hear all that from the Combine right here on The Fan live. Should they be asked, how much are you going to react to what happened in that playoff game? Um, or are we just going to say it's a fluke? Be, are we just going to no, say the playoff game's a, it's a fluke? It's not a fluke. It's not a fluke, but I don't think it should be overreacted to. I think a lot of things are explainable in that game. I think everything should be examined, and that game should be examined as well. Why did it not go our way? But also, there's an explanation for it that not a lot of people are going to like because you were kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. You go back to the game that they played against Houston on December 24th. It might have done you better had C.J. Stroud played in that football game. <laughs> yeah. it might. It's ser- I'm serious about this because you had this guy who, yeah, you had a lot of tape on, but you didn't have your defense against him. So say you go out there and you just get smashed the way you did in the playoff game against the Houston Texans. There's not a chance in hell you're not going to be better prepared and ready to play them in a postseason game. Now, I have to say that and see how that all shakes out because it's just easy to say, well, you would have won the next game against the Jets. You would have played against the Bengals, so there's no argument against whether or not you should have rested guys because you would have probably played everybody against the Bengals to make sure you were in the playoffs at that time. And then once you're into the playoffs at that time, then if you happen to play the Texans again, I think you're more prepared to take on C.J. Stroud. Naturally, because you will have... It's one thing to see things on tape. It's another thing to experience them. And you can do that for a lot of things in life. So if you got all this misdirection going on, you got JOK. JOK had a great game. I don't want to use him as an example. But you have guys who were just caught at linebacker who were out of position and having to catch up. Well, they're obviously going to learn from that because they physically were caught out of position in Houston against C.J. Stroud on December 24th. But because they played against, I don't even remember the quarterback they played against. That oh, day. Yeah. Case Keenum. Because they played against Case Keenum, it wasn't going to be that way. Well, here, here's why I bring it up. Because I told you in the three weeks that I was sitting at home listening to the station, I didn't hear the playoff game brought up once. I heard uh, the parade that we wanted to throw for Miles Garrett winning Defensive Player of the Year, um, and rightfully so. The uh, joy from a lot of fans doing I told you so's on Kevin Stefanski because it was his second coach of the year, and yet you people wanted him on the hot seat. I mean, 
I don't have to remind anybody what the reaction was after the San Francisco 49ers game. There were people that wanted to fire Kevin Stefanski after a win over a team that eventually went to the Super Bowl. I thought that was silly at the time. I think it's silly now. But in the three weeks that I'm sitting at home, I didn't hear the playoff game. I'm being dead serious. I didn't hear the playoff game brought up once. So it seems to me the fans... It's a convenient ignorance of it. The fans are, 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 are... for you not to bring up that playoff game one time, at least when I was listening, mm-hmm. I didn't hear a host talk about it. I didn't I didn't see it anywhere. Then it would seem to me that the fans and the media alike are treating that game as a fluke, that it didn't happen. No, it's not that, a fluke. That it, that it should not it should not be a part of any of the team building going forward. That you should just run back the defense as best you can and we'll be fine next year. Well, I- there's only so much I think I can do with that defense. Plus, there's a lot of names that are coming off that list because of guys who were on one-year contracts or at the end of the line there. So now I have to I have to make that better with the draft or I have to make that better in free agency. Like the Zadarius Smith stuff. I know that we're going to talk a little bit more about that at 7, but Zadarius Smith is a very important piece to come back because he played well. But do we want to find ourselves in the same conversation? Because I'm finding a bunch of different other guys because... What did I hear about Zadarius Smith? What did Zach say that people were telling him about Zadarius Smith when he got here? Starts off well, doesn't yeah. end so well. Fades. Okay, where were we at with Jadeveon Clowney? No offense to Zadarius Smith. That's a high crime to accuse him of being the same way. But do you think Zadarius Smith makes, faded all that much last year? No, I didn't. No, I think he played hurt, but I don't think he. I don't think he did that. I'm not trying to put him in the same category as the guy who tried to poison the locker room two years ago in Jadeveon Clowney. But because of the Jadeveon Clowney experience. That's made me a little bit more gun-shy on, hey, let's bring him on back and run this thing back. So there might be changes that are needed there. Will Miles make another guy better? Will Jim Schwartz make another guy better? I don't want to overreact to that game against Houston just because I look at it simply going, there could have been a lot you could have learned had C.J. Stroud played in the game on Christmas Eve. It's unfortunate, but I think it's true. But it, I, that's it, not a that's not an erase I, everything, and we don't need to do anything to anything yeah, because would, of that game. I, it was such a jarring difference, what we saw in that playoff game from the regular season. I would love to know from fans if you disregard that or if you look at that and say, which what some people warned us about Jim Schwartz <laughs> is that he becomes very predictable. He in, And this is a Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz. So I, I think some of the criticism would be laughable. I did find it very interesting to not get one interview for a head coaching job, despite the unbelievable job where he took that Browns Champions defense. Post. But but are you happy he didn't get a – I mean, he's nobody, still here, and he's been the best defensive coordinator I mean, we've had since probably they came is that, back. Is that telling, though, that – that and, and what happened in the playoff game? Is that is that something we should be worried about, that we are predictable? I don't know. A lot of that is about organization and other things about it, but that's – I don't want to bog it down. So I, I just wonder from fans, like, should we all – should should the team, should the organization be like, all right, it was just a bad game? You know, kind of similar to, ah, Cavs just had a bad series against the Knicks. I think if you go further than that, I th- honestly – like, I, I think it boiled down to C.J. Stroud as a talented quarterback. I like think that we, p- immediately puts more pressure on our quarterback. I don't want to overthink yeah. it. I don't want to overreact to that so, game against you. So what happens again if we just if we have this great regular season defensively and then we see C.J. Stroud again next year and he smokes us? Am I, okay, but am is, I dra- should, should then there be complaints? Am should I it, drafting a guy because he's a quote-unquote, I think he's a quote-unquote, C.J. Stroud stopper when I might not even see C.J. Well, Stroud for another couple of years? Well, it's not years. just about C.J. Stroud. It's Joe Burrow. It's Lamar Jackson. I've done well against Joe it's Burrow. Josh Allen. My defense has done well against Joe Burrow, I, no matter who's the but, defender, but, I mean, the Joe, defensive coordinator. Joe Burrow in the playoffs has been pretty unstoppable. We haven't played Joe yeah. Burrow in the playoffs yet. 
Haven't done that so yet. You, so it seems like you're saying so, just disregard what what, I, I what, got, the, what the Houston I'm not, and their rookie head coach or rookie not, quarterback did not to us. disregarding. Well, can we not throw two pick sixes, you know, but they five were, minutes never, into the second half? Yeah. I, but I, the I, game was over. I think I think fans, Owen, they wanted to go to the Joe Flacco thing. I'm like, Joe Flacco played great in the first half. I'm not disregarding. And they were down. Okay, but I'm not disregarding it. I'm being pragmatic about it. I'm not going to overreact to one game against a team that's not even in the division that, I'm, that I may or may not see for the next how many years. We might not just run into C.J. Stroud. We might not be good enough to run into C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud might get hurt. I don't know. But I cannot make all my decisions based on C.J. Stroud. And yet our fans I can't on Burrow. I seem can't like on our fans overreacted to what Lamar Jackson did in the playoffs, but we're not going right. to overreact to what our defense did in the playoffs. 216-474-0092. Should we overreact? Should we use it as a template? The Houston loss, should we use it as a template to what we do in free agency and what we do in the draft? 216-474-0092. Basically, do you agree with Tone or do you agree with me? That is... And I believe someone said this to Mary Kay. I just don't believe whoever said this to Mary Kay. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima, take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. I don't think we should overreact to one loss. It was a bad loss. I don't think we should let that dictate what we do or don't do in free agency with the Cleveland Browns. Zach Jackson going to join us at 820. 216-474-0092. Lima accusing me of kind of being a little bit laissez-faire about this. I don't, I don't know if I'm accusing you of that. I uh, I just a cavalier attitude. I find it interesting. It never gets brought up. At least since since the game, it's like, all right, well, we got all these awards, so let's focus on the season. Which I get. Like, hey, that was the good part. We were incredible. It was a great story. Well, the reason for that's but, emotional. Yeah, the reason for that's oh, yeah. total emotional. Yeah, and I I mean, if you just dwelled on it every day, you'd go mad. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, and we haven't had a chance. Remember, Jim Schwartz has not given a press conference since the game. We haven't heard from our defensive coordinator. What happened with the defense? Andrew like, Barry going to speak today. Do you guys have regrets on the strategy? Did, did there need to be adjustments made? Um, do, do you need to change the composition of the defensive roster? Because the playoffs are different from the regular season. Like we we know that in every sport. Um, that 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 does happen. But when you say the term overreact, like I don't think they should over, overreact to anything. Overreact is overreact is a bad bad thing. I think teams that overreact to certain losses, I, I think they end up running into more trouble. I, I do. I, I think when you talk about overreaction, I think of coach. I think of coaches getting let go, which is <laughs> some coaches got let go. I think of that happening. I think of owners getting involved. I think of total shifts in what organizations mm-hmm. are thinking and what their goals and and, and and guideposts are. That's what I think of when I think of overreaction. And I don't think that they should draft guys. I think they should draft guys who they feel are good football players, offensively, defensively, whatever. I don't think they should draft guys just because of how they lost to the Houston Texans. I think I think that that's a terrible, terrible, terrible miss. I think there's teams that are different. I think that you but, should draft players that you yeah, think are going to be okay. good and help you beat yeah, the Texans over, yeah, and whatever. everybody else. It's, it's, it's a term. I, I guess I'd, I'd ask, do you think that that was a fluke, what happened defensively? No, no. No. So what? What I you, gave what, you the reason. Yeah. Though. What do you think went wrong in that specific game? You're just saying, well, they didn't. They didn't get to see him. All right. Well, I not, think it would have helped. All right. Fine. But what do you think happened in that game defensively? Why do you think it went so wayward? I think a lot of times they got. Well, first off, I do believe, and I, no one wants to hear this again. When you throw two pick sixes consecutively after you're getting this a stop all, at the beginning okay. of the third quarter, you're going to have a problem there. Okay. But before the pick sixes. They were getting shredded. Yes, so they were. Then let's just focus on the first they, half. They, Why do you think they were getting I, shredded? I brought it up a million times. I think the misdirection cost them. Like the Rams I, game. Same yes, thing in the Rams yes. game. And when you don't have Anthony Walker Jr. out there, 
to call out some of the signals. I know they're doing the best they can. Anthony Walker Jr. is a very smart linebacker, and I don't know what they're going to do to replace him because I don't know if I can bring him back after two straight knee injuries to end his season. So I don't know if I can do that. So without him on the field to, to, to recognize these things, you got a bunch of guys, especially in that secondary. They are task-oriented. They're not good at zone. They're not good at that. And when you have to kind of slow things down or to make things a little slow things down for yourself, the tendency is to play a little bit more zone because you, you get a little bit nervous about it. You get a little bit more hesitant. Where man is what they do. Well, if, if I'm running misdirection, I'm getting caught in trouble because of man, then I'm going to have a lot more trouble as the game goes on. And then the game just got away from him and that was it. But that's what my theory was on it. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But I don't think that that's a reason to go out and draft certain guys or, or sign certain guys because of that game. I don't think that the Browns had a facade the entire year no, and they no, finally got obviously. their pants pulled down obviously by the Houston not. Texans. But in, in the playoffs, you know, the likelihood of seeing, you know, now C.J. Stroud, Joe Burrow, you know, Lamar Jackson's a totally different challenge. So, obviously, we've seen we've seen some good against Lamar, but we've also seen Lamar, you know, have his way against all sorts of Browns defenses and yeah. defensive coordinators over the years. Um, Patrick Mahomes, you know, the, the, the list goes on. I thought we actually played against Patrick Mahomes really well, but that was a different defensive coordinator and a totally different defense in, in many ways. True. Did you think they got outplayed or out-schemed in that game? Ooh. Um, I think a little bit of column A yeah. and a little bit of column A. I mean, you you got to pick one. I mean, you didn't hear Miles Garrett's name the entire game. So, was could there have been well, a just... Well, we got to move on from him then. Could there could there been a <laughs> just... But why why somebody like like Miles, who's Defensive Player of the Year, and people said, well, the only reason his sacks dropped off the second half of the year was what? Like, he, he was injured. So, are we assuming it was an injury that he didn't make noise? Or... Was it was it the scheme that they needed to move him around a little bit more? I think they were we predictable in I, that game. I, I think that the loss of or you know having Obo Karanko playing injured as best he can and everybody else, I think that that hurts you. Yeah, I just assume though well, all the defenses are pretty banged up by but, the time we get to the playoffs. I, but when Ob- yeah, that's true, but when Obo Karanko was healthy and playing well, I, I, that defense was much better because you had more depth over there on the other side, and so you could work him in with Darius Smith, who was also playing injured last year, and you can't take Miles Garrett off the field. Well, if I have a serious threat over there, I just can't load up and, and stop Miles Garrett from getting to my quarterback all the time. Like, it, it, it did kind of turn into, and this is maybe very disappointing with the secondary, it did kind of turn into, all right, we're going to circle 95, and 95's not going to beat us. And C.J. Stroud's also a really good quarterback, and again, they, they had great... Great misdirection in that football game and left us. Yeah, what stinks is reaching. I w- I was stunned given how uh, and and at times I mean it's still a loss for words what happened with that defense on that day that all right Miles is getting chipped he's getting double teamed he sees that all year I mean that's no different from what we see all year where was the help where where was the ability to maybe throw a counter punch. At, I mean, we just allowed Houston to dictate everything in that game, and that was so dispiriting. And I'm like, man, if we played him again, if we played him again in 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 a in a winner take all format playoff game. I think it was surprising. Would we be confident at all? I, I'd, possibly, I, possibly because of preparation. But you make me pause when you say that. I mean, possibly, but that's that's basically where I can go with it. I can't go any further. So I, I I just think it's a it's a bad mistake to let that game dictate what we're trying to do this offseason. Well, it's a one what, score game until a minute left in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they came out, got a stop on defense, were driving on offense, and then 
two turnovers and it's and it's done. And it's not just turnovers, it's pick sixes. Right. So you you just you had no you chance to come out and answer. And by the you, so you guys are just saying your, it's a Flacco thing. You don't think the defense not, was no, to I'm not saying no. The, the well, defense got torched, but Flacco yeah. didn't help the situation. I'm I'm it's looking not at the numbers. either or. I'm looking at the numbers from the game, right? Trying to remember the game back, and in the numbers, the numbers tell me that it's it was it was a fluky type thing. They busted one with 12 minutes left in the second. The 76 yard pass right after the Browns had scored. And then the numbers tell me that was fine, but you bring up the misdirection, you're right, and it starts to flash it back, and they could do nothing in the secondary to stop that. And the, to me, that's a scheme thing. I think you, can, think you can fix a scheme in one single game, but if that becomes a uh, running theme, then you have a, a bigger problem than just your players. I, I think, again, it, they. I, I can't guarantee they would just But the be- guy was... Off uh, assistant yeah. coach of the year. So. I know. I know. Like, we we were warned when we got Jim Schwartz and we we threw a party. This show in particular threw a right. party. And then it, it looked like we were we were vindicated for throwing that party based on how great he was and how great that defense was all year and how Miles Garrett had taken the leap, at least until, you know, the end of the year. He had taken a leap forward with yeah. his play. And 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 everybody, everybody had validated basically every move that they had made the organization with the pass rushers and how dominant. I mean, this was some of the most dominant defense we have seen and we may ever see again, quite frankly, from from the Browns. I mean, they had games. I mean, you look, the Tennessee game, my God, Tennessee couldn't get a four-yard play. The Cincinnati game, Burrow looked like he had never played before. I know he was banged up. He looked like he had never played football before. It was that dominant. You look up and down No, they had plenty all of dominant year. performances. It was, it was so dominant. But the one thing people warned us about Jim Schwartz is – he is very stubborn, and they will not change the approach, and other teams know what's coming. And boy, did it look like Houston Texans knew what was well, coming. Because they, they got a chance to look at our defense, and we did not get a chance to – they got a chance to play against the Browns' defense, and we did not get a chance to play against C.J. Stroud. That's not, the, that's not the entire reason they lost. They went out there, they didn't play well, and there could have been a point where they just weren't going to play well anyway. They had seen C.J. Stroud a million times before that. I don't know. There's teams that have bad days, and – Joe Flacco had a bad second half in that football game. I think a lot of things added up to it. But I don't want to keep going over the corpse of a terrible football game and let that dictate what we're going to do in the postseason or the offseason. That's my entire point of all this, is I can't let C.J. Stroud in that game, and yes, there are questions. There are definitely going to be questions because there's there's things as, as they tend to go on where you start to see the warts. Maybe you start to see the warts on, on Jim Schwartz because you got to make some changes. And He's not just going to be some guy who's a wizard that casts spells over these guys and makes better football players out of guys that aren't that good. He can take a good football player and make him very good, but if you are got if you drafted a bad guy, I don't know what you're going to be able to do with that. He simplifies things. He does put them in context where Joe Woods was not able to do that, but when you simplify things, then you get called, you get called what? You get called stubborn. Well, why do you get called stubborn? He could be looking and go, this is what works for these guys, but I might not be able to do very much with these guys. These are man secondary players. They come from the SEC. They come from the Big Ten that plays a lot of good wide receivers. They're going to go one-on-one with these guys. There's not that much I can do because when we tried to play zone over the last couple of years with Joe freaking Woods, we got left having guys cuss each other out after giving up big touchdowns in the end zone, which you know and I saw that with all the other guys that we had had before. You got guys pointing at each other and cussing each other out while the other teams were roasting us. So there's only so much we can do. So I get defensive of Jim Schwartz when people call him, well, he's, he's going to be stubborn. No, he's doing what he has to do. And it would have done a hell of a lot better had we seen him 
in December because we would have then probably had to play against Cincinnati. But I don't want to turn this into going over a game that happened two months ago. It's about how do we get better moving forward. I wa- I do, but you but know, I can't we're have doing that it. game in the back of yeah, my head when I go to I the combine. We're, we're if I'm fans. The Browns top we're fans. Brass. What I want to know is how much does the organization think that's a fluke? Does the organization think it was There's just no a fluky way. game no. and they could just run no. it back? Uh, the only thing I could say is if you thought it was, if they thought it was a fluke. If they thought it was a fluke, I think it would be a serious, serious, serious misguidance of what you're trying to do. For a fan, I would say that if they thought it was a fluke, you're saying that, well, Deshaun Watson isn't going to make those type of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Your defense will figure out C.J. Stroud. Deshaun isn't going to make that type of mistake at least twice like that. It's not going to happen. Now, what you say and what you actually believe are two different things, obviously. I don't know if he'd do that. But I do think that there would be there would be something where people would try to tell. I'm not saying it's a fluke, and I will not say it was a fluke. You can learn a lot from games like that. But I can't make all these decisions, and I'm not going to make all these decisions if I'm the Browns, just based on that one playoff game against a team that's not even in our division that we may not see again for a while. For all we, I mean, oh no, they play. It seems like they play Houston in Houston every single year, like four times a year. So who the hell did I know? Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. We'll get to a couple of people on this. Should the Browns? make their decisions based on that playoff game. And, guys, I believe someone said this to Mary Kay. I just don't believe the person who said it. That coming up next on The Fan. 745, Fix My Life. Lima's upset with Owen. I definitely want to know if I should be upset. Well, well, we'll find out, because apparently Owen is supposed to do something for Lima every day and, and didn't do it today. And Lima is wondering, I guess you're wondering whether or not you should be upset. I'm just telling you. You come looking for trouble, you're going to find it, Lila. <laughs> there you go. You had a tweet over there? Yes. Oh, reaction pouring in from around the globe. Yes. And uh, X reaction. Is it still, have things changed? Is it still brought to you by? Yeah, it's always been that Shibin way. Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. As much as things change, they stay the same, Tone. Uh, defense, this is from Michael McGeary on Twitter. Defensive player of the year gave up two touchdowns, unblocked. Against Houston, guess sports boy Tony and the 65-year-old man in a 36-year-old body didn't actually watch the game. Unblocked on screen pass, no rush, just stood there, then crashed down on a counter, didn't read it at all. If he didn't rush, then he read it. Where do you get 65-year-old man in a 36-year-old body? I'm 37. How am I 65? Oh, I can't go into great detail about the mindset of somebody who's tweeting us who's upset with your breakdown. I come off old. It's yeah. it. How? Well, not like that. I would when you're doing that. I, I would like to know. I would like. I'm raising my voice, so you well, know I'm a little like, bit outraged by it. In the past, you have acted like your. You've characterized your marriage as a throwback marriage. That's it true. is, but I don't. To the I'm 1870s. Not, I'm 30. No, it's a throwback marriage to 1957. It is 1950s. 1870s. He'd leave for a war. <laughs> yes. I mean that ain't happening. I mean, Lord Almighty. I, I'm, I'm just pointing out that, yeah, maybe my, when I step into my home, it's a bit 1957. But when I step out, it's 2023. How about that? You're always tripping over the ottoman when you walk through the <laughs> front door. <laughs> Zach Jackson at 820. Good pratfall. Mary Kay, had, Mary Kay had a report last night that said that, according to the sources that she talked to, the Browns want to bring back Zedarius Smith, and they want to bring back Joe Flacco. I believe 
possibly what they're saying about Zadarius Smith. I don't, and it's not where I don't believe Mary Kay. I believe somebody said something to Mary Kay like that. And we'll talk to Mary Kay on Thursday at, at 820 as we're wont to do. I believe that they said these things to Mary Kay. I don't believe them about Joe Flacco. And I believe it's very, it is my job to make sure we all remain realistic in this entire endeavor, whether people want to or not. I'm not going to get anybody's hopes up. I'm sorry I'm not going to do it. It would make football sense. Like, we'll have Nathan on on Friday, I hope. And I'm sure, and Nathan has said before, like, yeah, it would make football sense. I'm not saying it doesn't make football sense. I am not going to get my hopes up, and I am not going to get the fans' hopes up about it. There is not one single part of me that believes that Joe Flacco is coming back to this football team in 2024. So is that because of him wanting more money and a different opportunity or the Browns not wanting – what What would you think? It's a distraction whatever's, or whatever's – what? No, my reasoning for it is that, again, you had in a six-week period, you had people fall in love with Joe Flacco. They did. Unlike People anything, are still getting the jerseys that were on back order. Unlike – They're still coming in. And they are going to wear them to the stadium next year seems like we're not going to have a home game until October, but they're going to yeah. wear them to the stadium next year. I'm just going off this Brazil stuff. That's I know. all. Brazil likes yeah. Flacco, too. Uh, well, then, you know what? They're going to get on a flight. They're going to wear Joe Flacco jerseys in Brazil. They are not going to – no, they are not going to do that. Part of this is a business, and you're going to hate hearing this, and I don't like telling you about this, is no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If it does, I will gladly eat my words. I, will gladly, I eat a lot of things. I'll gladly eat my words on that. Cover him in gravy. There is not one chance I believe that they will bring him back and record it, and you can throw it right back in my face. And that isn't based on anybody I talk to. That's certainly not based on that. They would tell me if I talked to anybody over there about this, they would say that they're trying to bring back Joe Flacco, and they would love to have Joe Flacco back because that's what you're going to tell your public who really loves Joe Flacco and what he did over the final part of the NFL season last year and got the Browns to the playoffs. You're going to tell your fan base that. I just... No, well, I want to make sure happen, I, do, I refuse to believe it. Look, a playoff run is a playoff run. So we were right. all we were all hopped up on the Flacco fever. I think we all knew, not even in the back of our minds. I think we we flat out could all say, you know, the the likelihood of somebody like Flacco continuing to play like this. But that didn't mean we weren't invested. Like that was fun. That that had everybody awesome. in this city. The songs. So we're not allowed to play song parodies anymore. How many song parodies were we sent? Kenny, that people were the, desperately I mean, asking for honestly, us to play over, in the radio. Honestly, over a dozen, uh, and and probably yeah. more than that. I mean, good yeah, God, we, we were all. How could you not be swept up in it? I, I, I always wonder. Like, fans, fans know that's a temporary thing, right? They didn't really think that 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 was something that was sustainable over a long period of time, right? But the, oh yeah, they, they absolutely they believe that. We've been looking for a quarterback for years. And you, there were people who believed that Baker May, and still believe that Baker Mayfield could have been that guy. Well, that yeah. ship has obviously sailed, and they do not believe in Deshaun Watson. Flacco's thirty nine. He just turned thirty nine a month ago. If the fan base really believed that strongly in Deshaun Watson, will we have had that many well, people no. really get that buy Joe Flacco jerseys? Would we really have done that exactly? And they're not going to allow that to happen. They have made a $230 million investment and invested three first-round picks because that's what really it really counts. They've invested three first-round picks and the other quarterback, and they are not going to sit there and create some situation where if Deshaun Watson goes out there in those home games and he struggles at all, there are going to be people who boo him, and there are going to be people in number 15 jerseys who boo him. But they are not going to sit there and have some situation where that guy's standing on the sidelines. Man, and, I, and, I was and hoping – so conventional wisdom, you're right. Yes. Like, like we always would talk about – man, this this goes back to 
Johnny Manziel and ba- and and Brian Hoyer, right? Like if, if you were really if you were really trying to limit, you know, competition and and all that, then you would know like the roles need to be uh, set yeah. forth ahead of time. Like we know if Joe Flacco was resigned here, but what you're saying, and it makes it seem like they would be worried that the fan base would be in one guy's corner and not the other. And and that's not where anybody thought we would be in has year anything, three has of anything, Deshaun Watson. Everything I've told you has so far come out to be come out to fruition about the confidence. Remember, we thought it was rust. I go, nope, yeah. this is a confidence issue now. You know, I made this thing yes last week. I had Baker fans mad at me that saying I can't compare him to Baker. I thought it was going to be the other way around. As I said, you have a guy who I think of Deshaun Watson right now take you to the divisional round of the playoffs. I think that Deshaun Watson could. If he's playing dec- if he's playing like he played this last year, which we didn't get to see a lot of him, I think he could take you to the We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Divisional round of the playoffs. And I said because of that, you have people who are willing to make unrealistic arguments on either side. You've traded Baker Mayfield essentially for Baker Mayfield. Now, you've given up a hell of a lot more for Deshaun Watson, but basically if you're going to the same place that Baker Mayfield took you, you're you're trading one guy for the other guy. Well, just, Baker they're Mayfield. They're totally different quarterbacks, they, but they are, you're going to, to the same place. To your point, and I know you and I both are in agreement that mm-hmm. if, if Deshaun ever gets back to being Deshaun, then he is absolutely head over heels better yeah. than Baker Mayfield, right? Yes. Like, we, we both yes. are in agreement yes. with that. But that's an but, idea. That's, not, a real, and, that's and, not real right now. And what was real last year? One guy made the freaking playoffs. Not in the NFC. I don't, I don't think Baker would have done that. NFC in the AFC. South. But yeah. in the NFC South, right. We, we've got to make sure people understand that. Um, and I think they do. But it still doesn't look good when your guy is injured even when he played, he was so up and down. I mean, even in the game, the game everybody points to. I know. The Ravens game, he also was 6 of 21 to start out in that I know. game. And he got it figured out. I know. And that's what made it so tough because he got it figured out and he played And then he was done for the year. And then he was out for the year. I'm not going to – if anybody calls in throughout the rest of this offseason and when, Desha- and when Deshaun Watson is our quarterback and Joe Flacco signs somewhere else, we're going to have a lot of people who are upset that we didn't bring back Joe Flacco. And, guys, I will hear you out. And I will be very respectful of your opinion. I promise you that. I am not going to sit there and rub anybody's nose in it. But I don't believe this whatsoever. And if he signs with the Cleveland Browns, if Joe Flacco signs with the Cleveland Browns, I'll be more than welcome to have everybody call in and tell me I'm wrong. I'm not saying that the fans who want to bring him back are wrong. That's not it. You are not wrong to want to bring him back. He played well. He was effective. There are a couple things I think we see through rose-colored glasses. He was a good quarterback for where he was in this Cleveland Browns offense. And to bring him back, I think, would give you guys a lot of heart. You're not wrong for wanting to bring him back. 
I'm just refusing to believe that they're going to bring him back whatsoever. I, I, I put my flag in the ground right now. I'm not going to believe well, it until it we, happens. Do we and when think... he goes somewhere else, I'm not even going to say I told you so. Because so what's I the think alternative? A lot of people really, I think a lot of people silently agree with me. What's the alternative to Flacco? Like, if, if, if is it just what they have in-house? DTR is it just and whoever they DTR? can find off the, whoever they can find in free agency, whoever they might want to find in the draft. Do you think they and lost it, faith in DTR? I don't know. I had that argument with, with uh, Jonathan Peterlin last week. I mean, Peterlin ripped the game he had against Pittsburgh. I didn't think he was overwhelmingly incredible against Pittsburgh, but I didn't think he was as bad as what JP made him out to be. And I think that there is a little bit of gold in them, their hills, but I don't, you know, we, we always overrate backups and I probably overrate DTR a little bit. It was an emotional game. The guy was crying after the win over Pittsburgh for crying out loud. And I thought he was playing pretty well against Denver before he got knocked out of the game. And then everything went the way it went for the rest of the year. And he ended up getting hurt. Hate to say it, but we all saw that, how that went down. So I think for DTR, it's not where I'm brimming with confidence because you have a 17-game schedule. It's been two years with Deshaun. It would dictate that at some point you might have to go to a backup quarterback again in 2024. And if you want to bring in another vet, that's fine. It just ain't going to be Joe Flacco. Ain't going to be him. I don't know who it's going to be. They're not going to put they, – they've made such an investment in this guy. They are not going to mess with that psyche. They're not even going to take the risk – to mess with that psyche. Not a chance. You know, that that organization, the, the Haslam's have been through this before with Johnny, with Baker, now with Deshaun. It just stinks. They're not going to mess with that. The, the part of that, and look, I, I don't know if Joe Flacco, if that was just whatever in, in a bottle, just a, a flash there at the end of the year. I, I have no idea. But I'm I didn't, not going to use that as a reason to, not to go get him. But, I'm not going to use that as a reason. You don't, In Buffalo, they would never be worried about who the backup is to no. Josh Allen. In Cincinnati, they'd never be worried about who the backup is to Joe Burrow. They would just be like, hey, let's, let's, let's get somebody who we think could plug Obviously. and play. Yes. And what your concerns would be that the Browns still do not have their quarterback figured out because they're still worried about who the backup they, is. They didn't make all these moves during the offseason because they're, they're overflowing with confidence over to Sean Watson. Tell me I'm wrong. Every, Just shaking up the offensive staff, new offensive coordinator, play calling in flux. That gives right you a bunch, that, that tells yeah. you that they are 100. percent Oh, they, yeah, that's they, sobering. They'll say that to you. Andrew Barry will say that to you today, and Kevin Stefanski will say that to you tomorrow. But did, does anything that they've done tell you that they have? Just full 100% confidence in Deshaun Watson that he's going to take them to the promised land. Not a chance. And they are not going to do anything. And you could say it's soft and we're handling him with kid gloves. Yeah, I mean, they've made a tremendous investment. But there is nothing that tells me that they will ever bring back Joe Flacco to this football team unless Deshaun were to be out for the year again and that Joe Flacco were to be a free agent again. That's the only way I could ever see it, that they were desperate to make the playoffs and that's it. Other than that, Guys, I, I'm not trying to be so nasty about it, and I'm not nasty to you. It's just, it's it's not going to happen. That's all. And by the way, you hear the lack of argument that you have with me, and Owen is just standing there staring at me because you both know I'm right. There's no argument to that. It, it's just It's just crazy to think about how if you were to rank quarterbacks in popularity in this town mm-hmm. over the last four years, what's that? what's that order? I really rather would not do that right now. Uh, Mitch, Mitch, uh, since since don't you're hit in the there, music, don't I, even power I, rank it. Mitch, I I don't want to put Kenny don't on the spot the here. And Owen's a Chiefs fan, so he doesn't count. Don't hit the music. Mitch, power rank it right now. Don't. Most popular Browns quarterbacks over the last five years hit the hit the don't, damn music. Don't. I want to hear Mitch. Well, let's hear what Mitch has to say. Power rank him. Speak up, Mitch. Okay, so number one. 
damn it. We're gonna avoid it. Number one, it's gotta be Flacco based on the response we had last season. Over Baker? I think even at the end, maybe, well. I agree. Number two, Uh-oh. Baker. I agree. I think that was the Uh-oh. summer love. Yeah. I think that was in the morning I'm what? leaving, making so my fast. way back to Cleveland with Joe Flacco. I think everybody knew what that was, and that's why they love him so much. Number three, preseason DTR. <laughs> oh, jeez. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait until no. he says number four, Josh Pete, Dobbs no. with the Vikings. I thought he was going to say, oh, that's good. And then number five, P.J. Walker after the 49ers game. Yeah. That is quite the power ranking. I thought you were supposed to leave it to three on the power ranking. Are you going to get to Deshaun Watson at any point? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, well, I could say five, I could say five maybe, but. All right, you're trolling now. Bernie Come was on. in the stadium a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't do a guitar smash? I don't believe this year. Remember that Case Keenum game? Nah, that was in Houston. That was. I'm not trying to be a bad new. I'm not trying to be nasty, man. But no one's arguing with me about this. You guys know it's all true. You know it's true. They're not going to bring him back. I thank him for his service. And if they bring him back, I would love all you guys to tell me I'm wrong. Hell, hell I, they might be listening to this and go, okay, you know what? Out of spite, Kenny, we're going to bring him back. That's great, man. too. I've done my job then. And, if and they bring him back out of spite over what they've heard on the radio, I guess I'll, I'll pull a slippery wizard here. You can thank me. He just, happening. he just, Flacco, in the way he talked about this team, this fan base, I mean, it didn't seem like he was a Raven. It didn't seem like he had ever played a game for the Baltimore Ravens. A, and then at the end of the year, he went on and on about how great your organization is. Because he's a vet, man. He knows how to play the game. He knows that there's emotions with fans. He also just came from Denver and yeah. the Jets. Yeah, man. Well, it just resonated yes. with fans so much that I, I couldn't believe how many people bought that jersey. He was they on, full well knew he wasn't going to be back here. And, and he, they bought. They spent $100 yep, on a jersey. Yep, they did. And they and they hope that it pays off. And you know what? They don't even care. They're going to wear that thing. And they're going. If, if that guy doesn't go out there and play, well, Sean will go out there and play well. They're gonna boo him in that jersey. All right, I got. But it's gonna be you. easier to take if he doesn't go. play well than if he's on the side. If Joe Flacco's on the sideline, I know we gotta go. What? And I would love to find out the real answer here. Are there more Joe Flacco Browns jerseys in this town that have been purchased, or Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson. You sure about that? Over two years. You sure about that? Over two years. You think a ton of people bought Watson jerseys that first year? Yes. While he, while he was yes. in the news every day. Yes. While we that's had women saying question. they were never going to watch the Browns again. Okay, fair. But you that's... think they were letting their husbands buy Deshaun Watson jerseys? Yes. Oof. I think there's there de- more. I haven't seen many there of were them. More Baker yeah. Carolina jerseys. Yeah, before. there were a lot of Carolina Baker jerseys in the area surrounding Northeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. Unequivocally, there are more Deshaun Watson. I don't jerseys. see a ton when I go to the games. Well, if he starts playing well, then you'll see more of them. But they're in closet somewhere. Wow. What a breakdown. Well, that's what you got. Zach Jackson at 820. Up next, apparently, Lima is the bandit, and Owen is supposed to be the snowman. Fix my life. Next on The Fan. This is glorious. Lima texted us today as he got into the uh, garage. Apparently, Owen didn't do his job. I need to figure out whether or not it's Owen's job to warn Lima about the highway patrol being on 90. Because I, <laughs> I don't know. I got to figure this out. Lima drove in. Was it, Where was the highway patrolman at? Just, well, uh, just west of 117. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Right there. And I saw. I saw ahead all the cars. And this is, you know, early in the morning, 559. 
Uh, I saw all the taillights. So I knew. Thank God I was paying attention, right? Yeah. Not looking at the phone. Not worrying about, you know, show texts that are coming in. I was responsible. I was looking ahead. 10 to 2 right there on the wheel. And lo and behold, I realized, oh, that's why they're all breaking. We got a Stady right there in the middle doing radar. Stady, who are you, my mom? I haven't heard him called Stadies in a long what, time. What is the good? What is? Corky Cop. Yeah, what's the good <laughs> vernacular? What do you call him? <laughs> what do you say? Was that from Departed? So the Highway Patrol, you're you know, not a Massachusetts tropa. I Sorry. think everybody knows. Sorry. Everybody, everybody has, you know, either I don't know how many people try to offer you up cards to try to get you out of something at some point. Oh, FOP cards and things like that. Yeah, there's so I, many there's of no them that I don't even know if they work. Do they no even way work? I'll ever use one of them. And everybody's got I, a relative. Has it worked? Yeah, it worked. Yeah. You're a vet. It was in town. You can just go to the yeah, vet card, vet. right? Yeah. Does that it was, work? It was in a. It was in the town of the guy. Not in my town, in the town of the where yeah. the guy worked. Because I believe if they claim one of those cards with mm-hmm. the other person's name on it, there's a uh, penance that's paid. Right. I, yeah, I've heard that too. So, so That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid I'll have to pay more. That's guaranteeing me what if I try to pull that card. Yeah. Well, you got to be slick about it. You don't just go, hey, look what I got right here. I figured all oh, if he got pulled over, go, you all, I'm sorry. I'm just so used to. Not having a speed limit because there was no speed limit when I was in the bleep. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. Everybody rehearses what they would say with mm-hmm. that card, what the delivery is. But, you know, Highway Patrol, you're, you're just almost never getting. No, they right, don't get know. out of that car for free. You're no, getting right. something. Yeah. No, you're, you're definitely getting something. So I saw him and I'm like, you know, Owen, I think you have about 20 minutes on me typically. So maybe he wasn't even there. I, I don't know. But there have been times where Owen has said, Hey, the ice on the road. I probably had 30 on you today. 30 on today. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't even there, so it's whatever. What I wondered is, do you expect a coworker who goes the exact same way as you and is probably earlier than you every single day, do you expect them to give you a heads up on whether or not there so are cops or highway patrol? This. Yes, please. Go Absolutely ahead. not. <laughs> Only because there's a, there's a couple factors into this. And Ken, who used to also drive that way when he lived yep. in Ridgeville, Actually, one time yep. Ken texted me. I still remember it. I still remember the exit right off of Columbia, right at the ramp. Ken texted me and said, hey, there's one at Columbia. Because that's yep. not a normal spot. You and I are the same. spot yeah. where that bingo, bingo, the spot yeah. where the patrol guy was. You expect it every day. That's the one place I always expect it. There's a couple other on my journey in, but that's the one where when the rate is 95%. When you're coming in eastbound. There's always that spot right by Rocky River. If you don't know by then, you ain't never going to learn. It ain't my responsibility. But if they're sitting in a different spot, yeah, I let you know. And I let you know. And I have to say, Owen, you have warned me about black ice before. And you said, whoa, boy, or hydroplaning. You have warned me. Owen has been there. So when I saw that cop, and I was was going the speed limit. It was fine. It wasn't going to be a problem. And I, I texted immediately to the group, hey, should Owen have warned me about this? Because I did want to know because I had a jerk of a coworker at a TV station in Syracuse who got mad at me that I didn't. I always beat him to work. He was late, and I think he got pulled you over. You beat somebody else to work? I beat him to work. Wow. Yeah, but that was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That was fine. Oh, okay. I was always I was always getting early. Interesting. And there was some, there was some nice, there was some nice co-anchors uh, to talk to ahead of time. You know, you got your one-on-one time. 
it was always worth it to get there early. That's sexy. Continue. <laughs> it worked. Got the job done. Anyway, uh, he did get mad. The guy was absolutely mad because he got pulled over, and he said, you couldn't tell me? And I'm like, dude, it's every day. You're always, you're always late. Yeah, I've seen you in my rearview mirror before. <laughs> I, can't, I can't make this my responsibility every single day. If I'm on the phone, I got to put the phone down, text it. Like, it's just not happening. But Owen has been that person to warn me before. Yeah, well, what you're telling me today is you got the end of your warnings, bud. I don't care if there's ice. Never again. I don't care if it's flooded again right there no, at the interchange. No, 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 no. I don't. Oh, no. He's asking. Are, no. are you saying I'm it's asking. his responsibility? I'm, I'm asking just for everybody that's listening, do you do that in a similar situation? Or sometimes it's like uh, if it's a relative and you, you're both going to the same spot, you know, you're, but you need to have different yeah. vehicles so you can leave at different times. Especially when those days that there have been a few where the highway's shut down and I've had to get off at the West 44th and and cut through, go to Detroit and get downtown that way. And probably for you, it's just easier to stay. Don't even get on the highway at that point, yeah. right? Just take the shore way in. But those are the only Is times. There a code? I don't know that. Well, first off, I'm, supposed to, text, in a different spot. I'm supposed to text while I'm driving. I believe that's against the law, sir. Like when I go yeah. up, when I come from, from the borough, right? Well, no. Now that since they, they expanded 14, they've been sitting in the borough. But I don't go over 50 anyway up through there, so they don't really. Plus, I wave to some of them, so, you know, it's whatever. But, like. He waved to some. And the one spot on. on <laughs> I shouldn't say that. On the one spot of 480, like, right as you come in the borough, they're sitting there. And then Twinsburg's usually a spot where someone's sitting around. And then through Macedonia, then you get the 271 north, and there's, so, there's always someone sitting in the median. So, you always slow her down there. But, like, one time, there was someone, like, right by the exit at North Randall, and it was. It's like, whoa, this is a greasy spot. Yeah, like, yeah. But if no one no one else lives on that side. No one's going to tip you off. Yeah. So there was nothing else I could say to anybody. I'm like, what are you, the hell are you doing up here? You play by the rules, buddy. Like, I was surprised by that because I had to jam on the brakes. Well, it's funny. You. you think there should be an unspoken set of rules that, yes. like, come on. It's like, man, if you, it, it, like, if you get me in the median on 271, like, that's the normal deal. Like, right there by Oakwood, like, all right, you got oh. me. Here we are. If you're up there by the exit ramp, up there by North Randall, like, no. Come on. You're not playing fair. Well, I know my cop <laughs> friends are texting me right now. You should not be texting and driving. It's against the law now. All right, so you can't warn no, me at all. No, you can do talk to text. I do talk to text. Oh, I don't have that feature. Come on. I'm not like you. You got to I'm not telling people I bet you there's some but... people listening who are like, not only am I not going to warn my coworker that I absolutely despise <laughs> In fact, I'm oh, sending well. you an all-clear text hey, every morning. Hey, you can morning. go 90. It's the Audubon today. Just go as fast as you want. It's amazing. <laughs> Everybody's loving it. This is the most enjoyment we've ever had on the commute. <laughs> Do I take this? You want me to? What the hell? Vince in North Homestead. Go ahead, quick. Hey, you guys. I'm going to get super quick. I went over a decade without a ticket. Then I was asked to deliver a big screen TV uh, on Christmas Eve for charity, right? So it was over a decade. Uh, got pops going 32 and a 25. Ooh. Top police officer comes to the car, says, tough. you know, the whole routine, license, all that stuff. Comes back about 10 minutes later. He's like, you got a pretty good uh, driving record there, right? He goes, it's been about a decade since you had a ticket. I'm like, yes, sir. Thing is going to let me off. Christmas Eve, charity, seven miles over. And he goes, Merry Christmas. Has been a ticket. It's, yeah. God in heaven. Yeah. Can't say that anymore. All right, huh? that's not just if you're gonna give me one, just just let's just get this over with. We don't need to play mind games. It just depends. Like usually, if it's if it's sheriff, 
local, depending on where you're at, like you, you get pulled over in Lindale, we'll throw you in the Hooskow for all I know. But like sometimes local lets you up. Highway Patrol, they never get out of that car for free. Ain't never happened. No. Nope. Yeah, Owen, if they're, if they're sitting in the wrong spot, if they're not playing by the they're rules, then fine. If they're in a different fine. spot, I'll, yeah. I'll get you. But That's very nice of you. Zach Jackson coming up at 820. Up next. To find out what a coworker really thinks of you. Terry. <laughs> That's a very good point, actually. Coming up next, Terry Francona's good name covered up a lot of problems fans have with that baseball team. Heard Nick yesterday on something, and I almost agreed with him. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lyman, take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. Zach Jackson, 820. Will Elijah Moore stop us from getting a free agent wide receiver? Will Deshaun Watson's contract stop us from getting a free? Whoa! Whoa. That whole thing. Lima pulling the Jason Lloyd and eating some granola as we come back from break. Well done. It's a good protein bar. Yeah, there you go. So Zach's going to join us at 820. LeBron's son is in the news. LeBron's telling people to leave his son alone. Because And I had said, because they had, on ESPN, they kind of like took him out of the draft or draftable players that said he'd be drafted in 2025, not 2024. And my whole point of it is, he's LeBron's son. He's getting drafted. And they're playing. He doesn't deserve to be drafted. He's LeBron's son. What about Michael Jordan's son? Don't believe Michael Jordan was an active player by the time Jeffrey was playing at Illinois. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, Bronny's averaging five and a half points a game. Jarrett, 2.8 boards, 2.5 assists. He's shooting 37% from the field. Jarrett Payton was brought up with the late, great Walter Payton. And Walter Payton was an icon. Walter Payton was no longer playing by the time Jarrett Payton was playing at the University of Miami. LeBron James is still an active player. If if I know that he's averaging six points a game, but if if he comes out of the draft, no matter when he comes out, somebody's going to give a pick up on him. That's a waste of a pick. Guys, teams have wasted picks for far less. Far, 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 far less. LeBron is an active player. I think he's much more involved in the NBA than a lot of people would believe. I think that's part of the reason why they won the... I'm not saying it was fixed, but I, I just see a different level of competition in the in-season tournament. And I go, it makes sense. The The ratings were an uptick. Well, there's LeBron. LeBron legitimizes a lot of things with the NBA. It would make sense that he played his ass off to win the in-season tournament with the Lakers. He takes the NBA very seriously. He takes the league, his legacy, everything very seriously. And he obviously takes his children very seriously. To the point where he's uh, told people that they should leave his son alone because he's a college kid and he should enjoy the experience. And I'm going, uh, he makes a lot in NIL. And they're, you know, you could make the argument that he's a professional. And at one point, Owen had brought up, well, didn't he have a tweet that said that Bronny's better than half these guys he saw? And what game was it? Was it Mitch who said it? Mitch. I'm here. Did you hear what was the thing that LeBron had said about his son being better than what, who in what game? So it was it was a few, uh, I think months ago that some LeBron was watching like Game Pass and he tweeted that uh, he was saying that oh Bronny's even better than some of these guys I'm watching right now and somebody took that tweet and put it along the one he put up yesterday yeah that was in defense of his son yeah and I mean uh, you could say that's a hypocrite that's a typical father it, that that's LeBron being a dad I would end up doing the same thing it, that's what dads do uh, but but I do think that LeBron's son. He is, I mean, he's a paid player in a lot of ways with USC. He is a drafted, possibly a drafted prospect. We would say the same things about him. I, I, I'm not going to take personal shots at him, but I would say the same things about him as I would say for a lot of people coming out in the NFL draft. 
There's, a, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guys coming out for the NFL draft mm. this year. I'd say the same thing for them. The reason I bring up LeBron, because I think about what's in the name. LeBron, while Bronny is maybe not the best basketball player to come out in this coming draft. Now, if he were to stay at USC for a couple of years, certainly maybe he could grow. But He seems like he has a profile of yes. somebody who, who should be staying yes. three to four years. Yes, and that, that would make a lot of sense. But, you know, LeBron doesn't have three to four years possibly, yeah. so it might expedite that, that point for him. The reason I bring it up is that names can cover up a lot of warts. I listened to, to Nick and Daryl yesterday. Daryl is very down on the Guardians. Nick has convinced himself that the Guardians have a great chance. Now, I'm not going to do a rah-rah thing for the Guardians. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I, I don't know how great they're going to be. By the way, this spring training report is brought to you by Casey Roofing and Quinn Legal. I, I'm not trying to say that I think the Guardians are going to go out and win 100-plus games. I do think it's baseball and that you can have a level of optimism in the game of baseball more than you can have... I think there's a level of optimism with hockey that things could be different from the way people think it's going to be at the beginning of the season. But if you think your favorite football team's going to suck, nine times out of ten, that team's going to be bad. Basketball, usually the same way. Baseball, we hear all the time worst to first. The Guardians weren't even the worst last year. But now that I'm seeing without Terry Francona, a lot of the general fans, they look and they go, okay, I know who Jose Ramirez is. Shane Bieber, every time you talk about him, you're talking about trading him. Jeff Passan or whoever was on last, Anthony Castrovitz said he ain't going to finish the season here. Uh, and there's a lot of negativity, and I'm going, man, Terry Francota covered up a lot of negative stuff with this team that now is coming to the surface with a lot of the general fans of the name change. Well, we got Francona. Okay. The stadium. Oh, we got Francona. Francisco. Well, we got Francona. All the other things, the Dolans and the Cheeps and the things like, well, we got Francona. And now that Terry's gone or Terry's retired as a manager with the Guardians, and it's Stephen Vogt. Well, Stephen Vogt's a really nice guy, and you and I got to meet him, but I don't know him from anything, and I don't know how great of a manager he's going to be, and he's a first-time manager, and I think a lot of people, because they don't know who a lot of these guys really are, I think that this is as as negative as I've seen it getting ready for a Guardian season. Um, I think part of it is that even if you – you know, we're upset about the lack of spending every year, which of course every fan was, but at least you could, you could set your clock. You could set your watch to, Hey, Tito is going to manage his team. The organization is going to put a competitive team and Tito is going to get the most of them in most years. I think over the decade that he was here, that was a very, very safe bet. Unfortunately, you don't have that part of it anymore. You, you you obviously didn't spend any money, and they're no different than, my God, baseball has a problem, 20-some-odd 20, 20 teams. that I mean, How many guys are still available right now? Top free agents are still available that have not been signed during Hot Stove, which has been going on for two months. Like, how there's, embarrassing there's to the league. Out there, but yeah. we've just accepted that's, that's what the league is, and so there's going to be no buzz generated uh, in, in this sport outside of Shohei Otani, <laughs> you know, going on in the offseason. So we're all sitting here going, hey, wake us up when – you know, it's the eclipse day and we've actually got baseball, you know, back here in town. And hopefully your new manager is a great pick. I do trust our organization. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if he turns out to be a really good manager. But in terms of buzz, and I don't even excited, think people care about that right now. I and I think that I do think they put on a good product. It's gonna be a weird looking stadium this year because what the top end the top half is still gonna be green. 
So it's going to be a little yeah. bit of a weird looking stadium this and year. So still, you don't even get the I, full. There's new seats dro- missing. Drove by it yesterday, and I'm like, there is still a massive construction there project. There was a giant crane in center field they're, still. Well, they're working their asses but off. But there were also 50 vehicles, 60 yes. work vehicles. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right, now they realize there's they're up against it. There. They're, they're well, going to they, be getting this done. They, they got some good weather, and it's been, yeah. it's been a fortunate winter, so they can get a lot of it done. I think they're getting ready to put in. I know one of the field guys. I think they're getting ready to put in the grass. So, I mean, it'll be yeah, ready. imagine pretty soon. Yeah, it'll be ready, and things will be fine. But. I'm just seeing a lot of negativity, and I'm thinking it wouldn't it wouldn't be anywhere near this if if Terry Francona was there. Well, like, he had I, a I don't think people think about would be brimming with confidence, but I don't think it'll be. Think any, about like, it this People way. are very cynical right now. Think about the image of him out in Arizona, right about now. Once the truck got there, and they they broke camp, and and here we are, Tito telling his jokes. You know, yeah. he's always very jovial this time of year with the reporters. He's always able to reflect. They've got him in the scooter. And it's like, hey, guys, the Guardians, the Indians, the, the Cleveland baseball team, they're in good hands because we know that he is going to take care and mask as best he can the deficiencies. He's going to work this team towards, you know, 162, getting the most out of this team. And that is gone. That, that almost fatherly, you know, figure is, is gone. Is he the last manager slash head coach in charge in this city that has that calming influence, that has that power over a fan base. Am I wrong? Oh, and you're a big Guardians fan. Am I wrong about this cynicism? I don't think there'd be near the cynicism if Terry Francona was still oh, the manager. No. Okay, I'm right? You, you're you right, okay. but I do think this there would be questions about his age and stuff if he was still there because of the way the health. that the season ended last year yeah. on the field. Fair. Not the off-field stuff. But. That's fair. But I, I, I think that there will still be some just like, hey, it's baseball. Like, I'm not even getting right. the, hey, it's baseball. There is that. I mean, he's one of the uh, greatest living managers still. But, you know? that, but that level of trust, I'm not get, I, I don't see that with, with the other two in the city. Like, t- Kevin Stefanski is a two-time right. coach of the year, and I still think some a lot of people, uh, the vast majority of people are at arm's length. J.B. Bickerstaff, <laughs> lose to Dallas tonight. I'm sure there's going to be some people who are upset because it's been about two and a half weeks since they've played really dominating basketball and people are getting involved. Terry Francona, in a lot of ways, Terry Francona walked on water in this city. And with a team that at times wasn't the most talented team, he could turn chicken salad out of you-know-what to a lot of people. And I think that there was more talent than what people are willing to willing to say. But to a lot of people, it's just, well... We can't love him because we can't keep him here. The one guy that you kept here, you know, you might be able to make the argument to let him go by the end of the year for something, but I wouldn't do that. That would make things even worse for the fan base and worse for the general fan out there. So you have to build up some confidence with him, but it's almost like they are starting all over again. And a lot of the things that we we ignored conveniently and that you and I were able to ignore conveniently with some of the fans and some of the, the, the possible cynicism that would happen – it was covered up by Terry Francona, and now that Stephen Vogt is here, he seems like a nice enough guy. He looks like a nice enough guy. I wish him well, but I think that that's where it ends for a lot of people. And they'll just they'll change their mind if the team comes out hot. Yeah, and that's if what, they don't that's come out hot, then they're to. just going to get ready for football season or in a way, play out the string for the Cavs, and then we'll see how far the Cavs go. There'll be high hopes, and then they're just ready for football season. And in a way, that's that's going to be a really tough spot for Vogt and and this team. Now, fortunately, I think he's um, and I think that the organization has made sure that he has a, a great structure around him. And so he has a, a lot of 
I think, favorable situations, at least to to come out and, and look like a team that has some of that carryover from Tito. Maybe not game to game. He's going to manage differently. I mean, he's come out and said that. I mean, I, I, I don't think you're going to be seen very, very much bunting, you know, to move runners along. I think he is going to, going to be a very, oh, he said that to us. He doesn't really, he's not, not as big on bunting as what <laughs> right. Kevin or Kevin, what Terry Francona was, but you know, you also realize that they're coming off a season where they won only 76 well, games. I wonder where, you know, two years ago, Tons of youth, not a lot of experience on the roster, so you needed a guy like Tito to be the calming presence. Last season seemed to be uh, the age gap was there between the manager and the, and the roster. What was so more now, noticeable? Yeah, so now maybe you're getting some youth invigoration from the manager spot to help lead those guys who have now been in, you know, not battle-tested, but have been, you know, through a long but, and you're, season. I, I, it's a great point, Owen. And, you know, there are there are seasons, like in the NBA, Pistons fans knew this year was probably going to be pretty ugly. Like, they just, they, they, they probably knew that. Uh, in in baseball, I think there are a lot of teams right now that know, yeah, this this roster on paper. I think it's there's a, a lot to think, but every, I, but the every Guardians, year there's someone who surprises. Sure, sure. The Guardians fans, I don't think, know where this is going this year. Would you be stunned if they won the division? No. Would you be stunned if they were terrible? I think it's the first I would, be, I would I think actually this be. Is, see, I would not. This is the first terrible. year. This is the. 60 they, wins. I mean, they, 65 they, wins. I think I'd be stunned. They had they, 76 be, wins last year. I'd be pretty shocked if I, I called you dude. That's how shocked I'd yep. be. I'd be pretty shocked if they were a 60 plus win no, team. No, if that's they it. trade Shane Bieber. Do I. Well, you're relying on a bunch of young well, guys. Don't say that. And they were. They were in fourth. Uh, they were in third place last year. White Sox had well, sixty-one wins. The Rose at fifty-six. I really can't count this as a honeymoon with Stephen Vote because of everything that I'm hearing about from again the hardcore baseball fans. Hardcore baseball fans. Hope springs new every spring. That is not who I'm talking to. But for the general fans, I just think there's a lot of malaise with a lot of fans out there. I think they're waiting for the Dolans to sell the team, which that opens up another conversation that you and I never really even want to get into because it doesn't go anywhere other than negative places. Whatever honeymoon there is for Stephen Vogt, that would go right out the window. <laughs> that would go right out the window. And people would be nasty towards him, and they'd be nasty towards the organization. That's the spring training report brought to you by Golf Tech and Bet365. Coming up next, we're going into year four with Elijah Moore. Could he stop the Browns from drafting a wide receiver? A man who's looking at those wide receivers that possibly are drafted? Zach Jackson. He joins us next on The Fan. Well, I've been taking away. i got to sneeze. Big sports weekend shaping up just four days from Go. today. We've got combine activity. Not only that, Combine Kenny, activity starts now, doesn't it? Uh, without a doubt. And coming up today. General manager speaking today. You can hear Andrew Barry. And I hope, I hope some of the individuals covering the team will have the you-know-what, Kenny, the stones to ask the questions about what happened in that playoff game. <laughs> Would they have already asked him? Did he do a press conference after the I, I season? Don't, I don't know. I hadn't heard him. Put it on the glass, Ken. Yep, got put it out there. What do you mean you didn't hear him? I didn't hear anything. He spoke after the season. Why did the defense he? get torched in that game, Kenny? Because they did not. Well, there's many reasons, but one of them is that they didn't see C.J. Stroud before. Oh, there's game film. Okay, that's different Dude, from actually Browns doing it. The need to invest in a new projector. <laughs> you can watch all the adult cinema you want, but until you actually get there and do it, you don't know. Zach Jackson joins us.
on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Yellow. Good morning, gentlemen. Fly me, go ahead and ask that. Well, we were asking earlier in the show, and so that, that brought us to that exact question, whether or not the team needs to react, overreact, or whatever to what happened in the playoff game because we saw a completely different defense in that game against a very good quarterback, about a rookie and a rookie head coach. And I haven't really heard much about that playoff game. It's kind of been almost treated as a fluke. And I'm wondering if that should even be something that gets brought up behind the scenes uh, within the organization. Um, I don't know if it was a fluke. I mean, I I think it puts a a damper on the whole thing. You can't dance around like you're the best defense in the world and give up 45 in the playoffs. Like, you can't. It was completely disappointing. What about the 14 that Joe Flacco gave up? uh, The defense was far and away the biggest issue in that game. There is no doubt about it. They just they couldn't get a stop. They they put the offense in in bad spots over and over. So, you know the body of work was good. Um, the talent's good. You would expect natural growth in the second year with you know knowing. Um, I think they, being the front office and Jim Schwartz, did a good job of picking players that fit last year. And I think all you can do is say that that should bode well. Should be even better at picking the right players and um, continuing to develop the ones they have for the second year. So, um, you know, I don't think everybody's going to be back. I think most are going to be back. The biggest question obviously being Zedaria Smith. And then they just have to go out and prove it because the road splits were noticeable all year. You know, um, the mobile quarterbacks beat them up all year and they have to fix that because if they're going to get back in the playoffs, the defense has to be really good again and, and better in those spots. Do you think Zach, when you bring up, the, the road splits. I just thought they played better quarterbacks on the roads. I mean, what else would account for that? And do you think it was more scheme or the type of players who dominated every other game just would, would struggle against those mobile quarterbacks more than guys that would be available? Yeah, I mean, they did play better quarterbacks on the road, no doubt. But, like, one of them was Gardner Minshew, who turned into Michael Vick for two and a half quarters, right? I mean, Steichen gave that game away with, with the call inside their own two-yard line. So, um you know, Russell Wilson's the only good game of the year. It just happened to be in Denver. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this, you know, it, it was a disappointing end. The season was good enough. The team was good enough. Everything about it was fun and promising. Um, that it was a really disappointing end. So, you know, you get away from it, you evaluate, and, and now they go forward. So I really can't believe that you'd have me on in late February to talk about mid-January. <laughs> Yeah, real quick, yes or no? Would they have done better against Houston had they played C.J. Stroud on Christmas Eve? Probably, but I don't know that you can say that. Okay, fine. To hell with it. Zach Jackson joining us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Speaking of names with a Z, Zadarius Smith, give me a percent chance that he returns to the Cleveland Browns in 2024. Yeah, I, I always thought it was probably 60, at least on the right side of 50, you know, maybe higher than 60. I think it probably slightly increases with the cap increase. Um, he's going to have value. Now, he's he's going to be 32. He played about 60% of the snaps. He played well. He's, he started every game that the regular started, and he played um, you know, in, in every defensive package he had a different role. And so given his history, his ability to play different schemes and his pass rush ability, he's going to be coveted by some team. But I don't think it's going to be – the first hour or first day or maybe even first week or month of free agency. It's just not how it goes for some of these older guys. So we'll see. I mean, if the Browns really want him, they'll make a move and get him um, before then. But 
I think they're more likely if they do kind of come up with one um, big money A-list guy, I think it's probably more likely to be a defensive lineman than a wide receiver um, that would come down to availability and, and what they think. But he's a starting defensive end. And even though I thought Oboe was the second best pass rusher, um, you know, he has a specialized role. So, um, you know, he, he was a part of it. And I, and I think that he can be again, but I'm, I'm not sure how this is all going to play out over these next few weeks. You know, Zach, Zach Jackson with us. And we went through the clowny situation where it was year to year and he, he did come back. Um, mm-hmm. And he had said at the time, you know, Deshaun Watson being the quarterback was a big part of that. Then he ends up leaving. It's bad blood at the end of that year. And then the next year it's Zadarius Smith. If it's then not Zadarius Smith the following year, are, do we just have to get used to the fact that we're going to be doing this year by year because they haven't really drafted a guy and been in position to draft a guy who could be a part of that core? Well, I mean, in fairness, Alex Wright took big strides. Now, do I, do I think that they're going to pencil in Alex Wright to play 70% of the snaps and be the starter? No. But, yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. I think that's the nature of it, you know. Um, good teams just continue to restock their defensive lines, and the draft picks they've lost have, have hurt that. But, you know, they brought in the right guys last year. Maurice Hurst for nothing, Shelby Harris in August. And that, to me, is is the biggest thing we all need to keep in mind over these next two or three weeks is – the Browns have come far enough that they can piece it together. They can go to the spring and let their young guys compete. You know, they can take a look. Like last year, they gave Oboe a bunch of guaranteed money on the first day of free agency. They didn't trade for Zedarius until mid-May, right? So um, it's not going to be all at once. Um, even if they, you know, do go get two, two named guys uh, on that first Monday afternoon. So you can piece it together, and, and they did a good job of that. Um, you're right, they have not drafted well. I don't know that Ika's ever going to play. We'll see on Isaiah McGuire. You know, in theory, that would weigh into a Zadarius Smith decision, but I, I don't think he's ready to play a significant role right now. So we'll see. Could they draft a guy in the second round who is that? Sure. Can they find a guy who is that? Yeah. I think Zadarius probably comes back, and then you continue to develop those guys and hope by the end of the year that they're playing really well. Zach Jackson joining us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Give me a percent chance that Joe Flacco returns. Probably 25 is what I would put it at. I don't think the door is closed, but I think he understands. I think the locker room understands. And, you know, I don't know exactly what the market's going to be for him. It's interesting. Um, You know, I would have thought there would have been a stronger desire for Jacoby Brissett than there was last year after the way he played. You know, and, and there wasn't, and he went to Washington and sat the bench the whole year. So I envision a potential scenario where a week and a half goes by a free agency and Flacco's available and the Browns say, let's do this. But I got to believe, and I know what they've said on the record, but I've got to believe that they cannot put that guy who was so beloved and so good for that small amount of time back in that locker room, given what's at stake and the dynamics of everything there. I just, I, I don't think it's the right thing to do. <laughs> and, and I love Joe Flacco and the players absolutely love Joe Flacco. And as bizarre as it is, that's probably the biggest reason you can't bring back Joe Flacco. Well, because of the quarterback, if Sean Watson went out there and he struggled. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That, that is exactly what I'm saying. Well, cause I can't, How that's, bizarre is it that the locker room loves the guy and that's why he can't bring him back. That's why I'm so surprised. And I think a lot of people get sick by hearing that, but I, I think it's just the truth of the matter here, Zach, because I'm surprised you said 25%. I mean, I slammed the door and threw locks on it earlier at 720. Yeah, you just – you don't know, Ken. And, 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 you know, um, 
I, I don't think they have the deal in play. You know, I, I think there's a chance that they are going to go get Jacoby Brissett and bring him back. But other than that, it's one of these things where the market whoa, is going to play out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, yeah. whoa. Bob they have to have a veteran quarterback. Whoa. Whoa. They have to have a veteran backup quarterback. Like they, they have to. So can I? Um, so I the, DT, on, the DTR thing. Well, yeah, he's gonna. He's definitely gonna tweet that. So the DTR thing is over. They they lost confidence in him. They or they don't think he's no. that good. No, but any fair. He's a great kid, and he made strides. But any fair evaluation of where he is and where the Browns are would say that he can't be your number two quarterback. So I'm gonna tweet Zach Zach Jackson <laughs> telling us. That and the they Bron- learned that last year. That they learned that last year. Yeah. Right? Well, that's like, true. Come on, he played. And he improved, and that's what you want. He was drafted with the thought that he could become the long-term backup, and that he would cost nothing for his four years. So they're going to go into this with a quarterback budget, you know. And I don't know who's going to fit it. I don't know if they have that one guy, specifically the one I mentioned, at a certain number that they're going to get. I think the only way Flacco comes back is if they get past that number, and then that you know just things move down the road. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put out there on social media at Akron Jackson telling us the Browns will pursue J- Jacoby Brissett. Um, no, but I, I'm saying it it would not be surprising whatsoever if that's the move, and it would make a lot of sense on a lot of fronts. All right, never mind. I'm not gonna put anything out there. Go ahead. Right, give us a a roadmap to this off season. For the wide receiver position, it seems to be the one position I think Browns fans are talking the most about. Yeah, um, they have to upgrade it again. I I know what's been said on the record, and um, they're not bailing on Cedric Tillman, and I'm not, right? But but you have to be realistic about it. What you brought in last year didn't work, and specifically, Elijah Moore didn't work with the guy who's going to be your quarterback, you know? Um, and, And Tillman showed a little bit but not a lot not enough so um i i I would say it's not totally closed but i would be surprised if they were in on like an a-list guy that that everybody knows i just don't think that's realistic mike evans for for multiple reasons i think you're more in the darnell moonies of the world who you know just got lost got injured and got lost in a shuffle um has produced has made plays down the field because that's what they need and then I think you're drafting one in the second or third round, um, almost undoubtedly, right? Even if you're saying we're good enough to draft for the best player, and even if you're saying it's time for us to draft a defensive lineman who's going to be here for years, or even an offensive tackle in the right scenario, um, seems unlikely, but probably not out of the equation. Uh, you know, they're going to add uh, to me. 70%, I guess, is the way I would answer it. Mid-level, experienced veteran receiver, and then come back in the draft with um, you know, a player that may, maybe doesn't ha- isn't even in the plans for the first two months, but could eventually you know, help you in multiple ways. Zach, the same Darnell Mooney who fumbled the Hail Mary, the same Darnell yeah. Mooney who didn't block Cam Mitchell that led to the Browns' comeback yeah. victory against the Chicago Bears? Yes, yes. Take a look at the wide receiver free agent list, Ken. I have and, it in my hand. And you would you look at some of the names, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll love Darnell Mooney real quick. Calvin Ridley? Like Tyler Boyd makes sense, you know? Um, I don't know. You know, I guess they could be in the Calvin Ridley range. I'm not sure that he gets out the door. Curtis and Samuel. And if he does, I wonder what's going on there. Yeah, he, he, Curtis Samuel's the kind of guy that, that 
that makes sense in that front. I put him in that same category. Okay. Um, you know, can, has produced, um, you know, has some big play of pop. That's what they're looking for. All right. Zach Jackson with us. We know today in Indy, it's going to be press conference day. The next two days, tomorrow, Stefanski today, Andrew Barry. And we all, we all know, and I think it's, it's been proven that Andrew Barry has done a really good job as an executive in this front office for the Cleveland Browns. We also compare him to all the bad GMs that we've had over the years. How does he stack up, though? Because this is what matters now going forward. We all talk about needing to win the division. How does he stack up with the other GMs? I know Cincinnati technically doesn't have a GM, but Duke Tobin is player personnel. Yeah. How does he stack up with Khan and DaCosta in this division? It seems like everybody's drafted pretty well over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's done a good job. And I think that the continuity is not just something that you do to do. I think they've earned it, right? I think they've put their plans into place. I think they inherited some good players and have kept the ones that they wanted to by being aggressive. I think they've been aggressive on the outside. Um, the drafting has not been great, but I think they last year they got some young guys. The last two years they got some young guys later who could become good players. Um, I think he's done a good job. Uh, he has. So, um, and I think when you look at free agency, and I think my thought that they're going to do more spending on their own guys than, you know, making big splashes outside is a tribute to having done a good job and saying they like their roster and they should, right? So getting this roster to the next level is obviously about the quarterback and that move. And ultimately, is Barry going to be as tied to that? You know, I don't know. Um, it's It's – maybe going to sink everything probably, or maybe they're going to get it together and, and he's going to find some receiving core and, and defensive veterans. And they're going to be a real contender this year. We'll see um, how that goes. But, you know, I think you just have to look at the results and where this team is and say, they've done a good job. And it's a fair thought to think that they're going to continue on the right track and validate a bunch of their decisions Last year they were adaptable and bailing on some of the bad decisions and, and finding fixes and and, and kicker and defensive line right like yes. flat out I mean the quarterback side maybe the worst thing Andrew Barry did his group Andrew Barry's group they stunk on the defensive line in 2022 right well they realized that and they fixed it and arguably did the best job of upgrading a defensive line of anybody last year so half those guys are free agents they they have to do it again but. There's, it's not just projection anymore. There's evidence that they've made the right calls and they've put a team out there capable of winning 11 games. So I think he's done a good job. Zach Jackson, 10 seconds, yes or no, the Browns will restructure Deshaun Watson's contract. Uh, it's not a certainty, but I would say yes, and I, I would say it makes sense to do so on multiple fronts. Makes sense. All right, Zach, thank you very much for the time. You're wonderful. Thanks, guys. Zach Jackson on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Got to break down that answer. Got to break down the wide receiver answer. Certainly got to break down that little Jacoby Brissett nugget. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lyman at 9 o'clock. Get your tissues out on the fan. Well, well. Jacoby Brissett, come on down. 216-474-0092. I don't know if that's going to work with a regular fan. I think if for a regular fan, they're going to go, if you're willing to go with Jacoby Brissett, why didn't you just go a little bit further and bring back Joe Flacco? They love Joe Flacco, man.
You know yeah, they, and they like Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, they really like Jacoby, or they really like him. Brissett, they... Brissett played more games. Now he yeah. did. Brissett, if he would have had the defense that they had last year, are we talking about that team being a playoff team? He was a top ten quarterback. He statistically, according to PFF, and we love PFF when it comes to pass rush win rate win, and defense, yeah. but statistically on offense, he was a top ten quarterback that year. Wait, what? Jacoby Brissett. Oh yeah. Ever heard of him? I'm sorry, you brought up the win rate. I go, what yeah. is he saying? Well, sometimes we we throw away PFF. some PFF numbers, but embrace or others. like when they talk about yeah, as long as they help cap, our yeah. cap casualties, we don't like them. No, we there don't are, like that. Yeah, I have alternative facts. Don't do that. Don't, and, and don't come on our PFF. air and do that. Yeah. Then when they come on and talk about Deshaun Watson like they did at the end of last week, we don't like that. Don't do that. I respect what Sam Monson had had to say. It bothered me. Didn't like hearing it, but. I'm not going to rip him for it. We'll find out if he's right. It's the same thing when people rip on Greg Cosell. I don't think that Greg Cosell has any any sort of an agenda. I think Merrill, Merrill Hodge, the only time that guy trends on social media is when he says something terribly nasty about a quarterback. But he's very rarely wrong when he says those terrible, nasty things about a quarterback. So, I mean, he might be, for a fullback, he might be the best quarterback evaluator out there. I don't know. Jacoby Percent might make people excited. I, As a backup, you got to think about that. That was That was surprising to me. Also, what he said about the wide receiver, like Darnell Moody, I think if they were to get Darnell Moody, that's the first thing people were thinking of because that's the first thing I thought of. The drop tail Mary. You've went to the worst. You, you I, thought of your low light reel that you recall because you were watching it. Tone, I got Curtis Samuel out there. And where did Curtis Samuel play college football? Ohio State. There you go. I Thank you for answering. They can't see your face. I Curtis Samuel played at Ohio State or Darnell Moody. Fish in a barrel. Yeah. Very easy to do the Andy Dalton backup principle. Well, and also think about the way that we just went from T. Higgins, where where, where the debate was. I couldn't even block Cam Mitchell. Where, where the debate was when I was at home is, is T. Higgins the number one on this team over Amari Cooper? Then it was Mike Evans. Look at what Mike Evans just did with Baker Mayfield and went to the playoffs. And he was unstoppable. And that guy's been doing it every year for like a decade. Yeah. And now we're talking about who? Darnell Mooney. Guys, it, uh, that we, is, we knew that this is was a big fall from grace. We knew this was eventually going to happen. That if this is this is a nitty gritty off season, guys. That's what this is going to be. There's going to be there's there was a day, there was a time, there was big name spending. But how many times did that? How many times did that really work out for you? When we got Paul Kruger, oh yeah, boy, I was excited. Holy Man, it didn't end cow! Up going what that a well. name! Yeah, we got Paul Kruger. Think about all the other big name free agents we got. How many of them really worked out? Yeah, typically, yeah, typically free agents. If and, you're building your team through yes. free agency, it's never, never a good thing. And Mike and Mike Evans. And I mean, it, it, well, I mean, you could make the argument the Browns did a lot of building through free agency last year defensively on those one year deals, and and it worked. It, it did it again. Worked. I bring up Dalvin Tomlinson. Now that wasn't a one year deal, but I bring up Dalvin Tomlinson, who he made he made Jordan Elliott a lot better of a football player. So there's there's some things that definitely work. That's why you give you give Andrew Barry a little bit of credit there. We'll hear from Andrew Barry later on today, right here on the fan, as he's going to be t- speaking to the assembled media uh, at the combine here for 2024. Also, Kevin Stefanski will speak tomorrow. But when it came to wide receiver, T. Higgins was going to be franchised, and once he's franchised, he might get traded. It ain't going to be to us. They are not going to trade him to us. So that's dead. And with the salary cap went up 13%, which is a tremendous jump, $30 million, that might make room for Mike Evans to stay down in Tampa with Baker Mayfield. And still, I, I don't know if you had what, had what it takes to go out and get a Mike Evans. 
Now, I really like Mike Evans, obviously. Everybody, everybody does. But what Zach says is, yeah, the first thing I'm going to bring up with Darnell Mooney is the drop Hail Mary and the, and the not being able to block Cameron Mitchell. Cameron Mitchell made a great play, by the way. But he wasn't able to do that. That's the first thing I'm going to bring up. Curtis Samuel. People like Curtis Samuel because Curtis Samuel was a Buckeye. There's another couple of names out there, but none of that stuff's going to send people running to the phones yelling Super Bowl, Super Browns. It's not going to do it. This is the situation you're in. Last year, you got Elijah Moore. You need more out of Elijah Moore this year. You need to use him properly. I'm being accused of making excuses for the Browns' defense on social media. I don't need to go down that well. I, all I said was that they it would have done them a little bit better to see C.J. Stroud earlier in the season. That's all I'm saying. But when it comes to wide receivers, yeah, I need to see Elijah Moore used as a wide receiver where if he was getting the most separation at one point this year as a wide receiver, maybe you should use him more as a wide receiver and stop this foolishness in the background or backfield. Uh, as an aside, Curtis Samuel is is very interesting because he is. he is so fast. Yes, he is. And it almost seems like the type of guy that they thought they were getting an Elijah Moore that could get behind people but could be used in a bunch of different ways. I mean, he has he has seasons where he has plenty of carries, too. So I like that dynamic. I, I actually think he's someone who can well, get handoffs as opposed to whatever yeah. the hell they were trying to do with Elijah But Moore. all that's still another reason, and that's, that's a very good point, but he's not a Cleveland Brown just yet. Yeah. And all that's still another reason, Anthony, where – the David, you weren't here for the David Njoku conversation, but it was laughable from the very get-go. Now, Sam Monson defended himself a little bit because he said that the clip that was on the internet was taken out of context. I like Sam. I believe yeah, Sam. Yeah, about him being cut Yeah, cut material? We, or what would, was the phrase? Because it, it says at the bottom of the screen that fixing the Cleveland Browns, you go, they're 11-6. and six, What needs fixing? Yeah. And then you hear about David Njoku, and you're like, have these guys even seen a football, let alone talk football? And th- it got a lot of people worked up. It got me worked up when I first saw it because – it just shows you you don't have a ton of you still won't have a ton of cap space apparently you know there's always the argument of how real it is but you know let's just go with it now this was also said before the cap yes. number came yes, out yes that's true too. but it also it shows how indispensable david ajoku is to this offense and how indispensable he's going to be for but the, it was also at least this coming year them just looking at the numbers just the numbers on paper and going this is where if you need uh-huh. to get a defensive player you go and you can cut there. Yeah, but I if that's if you had full faith and confidence in your right. quarterback. And you had full yeah, faith and confidence. Looking, that's not looking at the player. That's looking yes. at the numbers on the page. Yeah, so I have I have Amari Cooper, who I who I know is going to give me a good solid effort, but it's going to cross over to 30 this year. I have Elijah Moore, who has been a bit of a disappointment. Some of that's his fault. Some of that's not. So I don't know what I'm going to get at Elijah Moore. Where else am I going to go with the wide receiver position? I'm hoping for Cedric Tillman. Well, you and I talked about him earlier this earlier in this show about, well, he's, he's still not the greatest route runner out there. He still doesn't have top-end speed that's going to burn everybody's doors I, off. I'm hoping so those I were just rookie. With him. I'm hoping the things we heard about him were just okay. rookie mistakes. And, and, and David Bell's been hurt. I got Marquise Goodwin was older. We had James Prochet, who you signed off, yeah. uh, signed off of waivers or signed off as a free agent at one point. So that's a no-go. So, yeah, you could be looking at a draft pick, but that's just what makes David Njoku that much more important to this offense. So he's going to be an extremely important piece, and nobody is going to disagree with that because everybody already knows that. Running back is going to be an interesting position where they could go in the draft. Like, there's a lot of different places they could go at pick 54 and 55 and so on and so forth early in the Browns draft draft picks for 2024. Wide receiver. 
make a great case. Running back, I can make a great case. I can make a great case for a free agent running back if I want to because there's probably not going to be Kareem Hunt this coming year. So I can make a tremendous case for a free agent running back with some of the names that are out there. I could definitely give you an argument for some of the running backs in the draft. What Wide about, receiver we uh, just talked about. Tackles. De- defensive tackles we talked about, but usually really good defensive tackles are going to go higher. So I don't know what's really going to be left. What's left Usually tackle? we tend to be pretty deep. Left tackle I don't think is going to be much of a conversation. Maybe that's later in a developmental role there. Somebody said you could trade Jedrick Wills. I don't know who's taking him and his $15 million plus dollars. I don't know really who's doing that. Giving you a wide receiver in return. I don't think that's really going to happen. If you don't have a lot of faith, you can't just trade your trash for someone else's treasure. If you don't have a lot of faith in Jed Wills and you had Bill Callahan working with him. You have extra treasure to do the trading. Yeah. They don't have any extra treasure right now. Trades get done because everybody thinks they're doing it. They're, They're getting... They're getting better. They're not necessarily winning the trade. Trades get done in the NFL because they think they're getting better. We always take it because we we watch draft day and we always think like, oh, we fooled them. It's not really that way. Sometimes, yes, they have tremendous egos. They think that way, but you're trying to make yourself better. Another team has a player that you like or another team has a situation uh, that you can take advantage of. What do you think uh, Callahan thinks of Jed Wills and what do you think they're doing over there in Tennessee? (laughs) Well, we might find out with what he does with Jack Conklin because Jack Conklin, I have Dewan Jones who I can make you a hell of a case to put at left tackle. I have Jed Wills, who's still a younger player, but I think a lot of people's ships have sailed with him, who you can make an argument going, well, he was a right tackle in college. Can I put him back at right tackle again? Could I put Dewan Jones over at left tackle? Or could I keep Dewan Jones over at right tackle and see if we can still work this thing out with Jedrick Wills? Probably not what everybody wants to hear, but there are possibilities right now in the offseason of what you would do with Jedrick Wills, who's a younger player who did just come off an injury. Jack Conklin, who's a little bit of an older player, but has certainly been injured over the last three years. 216-474-0092. Mitch, please, at 940. Will he go two for two on the week with exceptional sound? Also at 940, we say goodbye to a legend the only way we know how. Up next, big day tonight, or big night tonight. Get your tissues out. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lime on the fan. I think, <laughs> look at that look you made. I think anybody that was certainly young fans that celebrated the 2016 championship, I think they'll always have a special place in their heart. Nah, how young? So. I don't think so. Anybody under the age of 25. I think they'll always remember that shot. And no matter what kind of weirdo things Kyrie does and how many teams he ends up There's on. There's a lot of weirdo things, so I will say, I, I will say younger, but I agree with you. I, I, I see still a ton of Kyrie jerseys. You agree with him? Will uh, we see Kyrie I, jerseys tonight? The Dallas yeah. is in town. I think they're yeah. younger. I think it's the people that weren't cognizant of the uh, – the summer that happened after the championship. Mm-hmm. And especially, I remember the Instagram live streams and stuff where he was playing the I'm coming home and kind of trolling LeBron. He was still yeah. a member of the Cavs oh, yeah. and all of that. I think if you were an adult at that point, you saw, oh, he's kind of, he's not going the way of a local legend that you would think you'd be going. It got but to- the, But kids my kids age who were six and seven and eight years old then who are now in their teens and then you know about to graduate high school they see they just remember the shot and that's it they don't know all the stuff that's after that well and not just the shot the fact that he was rookie of the year right. all-star game mvp how many points did he drop on san antonio 55 uh, the, the playoff series where he outplayed you could make the argument he outplayed the mvp unanimous right. mvp and steph curry like there it let's not just 
Let's not just reduce yeah, like the entire a game. The last three games. Yeah, let's not so. just reduce Kyrie's run to one shot. He was damn good I, for a for a lot of a lot of years with the Cavs. Well, on social media, I, I talk with a lot of guys our age or in their late twenties. When when it comes to people's kids, I'm not sure. I don't. He plays for so many different teams, and he plays in Dallas. What are they a seven seed right now? I don't know, Eight. man. I think his star has fallen. I, I don't think that he is up there anymore. Yeah, he's not considered a top five point guard or anything like so that. So what age do but we cut still, it off at? I mean, he's still playing incredibly well. I'm not saying he doesn't have talent anymore. I just don't think he is, like, the, he's nowhere near the star he used to be. No, no, and he's he's definitely done some damage to his stardom. Yeah. But remember, you know, in Boston, he's hated because he didn't, he didn't right. win anything in there. No. And he said he was going to stay, and he left. Uh you know, Brooklyn, You're nobody, already... none of those guys in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant, James Harden, um, you know, they, they had an un- unfortunate rash of injuries. Then we know what happened the COVID season with Kyrie. Like, he's hated there. But in Cleveland, he did something here. And he did something and was a part of the most special team in our lifetimes yep. in this city yep. of any sport. But you also have a guy who's mercurial at best. Yeah. And you don't know I right now I don't know how they on they you can play a video tribute to him if you want to. Yeah. They probably so, will, won't they? I it seems uh, like I that. I mean they'll probably well, do it. All again. these teams have been back 5 times. Yeah, why did He's somebody say you, five you times. well you had asked um when we when we did our extensive show prep whether uh, about a video tribute. I just assumed you had seen that they were doing a tribute or something. No. I, I have the numbers here. I don't know the 2020 season if he was with the Nets. I don't know if they missed their second game or he didn't come on the second game because that was COVID. We played 64 games that year before they shut it down. But he's been back to Cleveland. His teams have been back to Cleveland 10 times. He's played in five of them. He skipped five. He skipped five games. I don't think he has the luxury of skipping tonight. I think they need him in the Western Conference. Obviously, yeah. They they need him to play every game they can. So, I, you know, video tribute or not, I always say the video tribute when you actually go to a game where they do a video tribute of an ex-player, yeah. no matter what Twitter says ahead of time, no matter what the call-ins say, oh, the people, in the the people that are there are a different crowd, and they are into it. Well, yeah, they, they're not they gonna, love that stuff. I don't think a lot of people are just going to start booing the video screen or anything like that. I, I don't have a problem with them doing a video for Kyrie, or and that's every time he comes back. I You know, it's what he, it was a good history. He's but, done something that nobody in the history, at least in our lifetime, yeah. so, you know, 64 championship, you know, that notwithstanding – Anything in our lifetime, anybody that we're talking to now, and especially if that was your only championship, mm-hmm. like there is a difference between Kyrie and everybody else. And that difference is he hit the shot. Yes, you won the title. We're we talking celebrated. about video of only his time in Cleveland. I mean, it's, it's been seven seasons yeah. since he's played for the Cavs. But but you won a championship. Boy, that's twice. forever. That is forever. It that's is not forever. like, ah, there's a five-year window on that. No, we're still talking about. I still see the Cavs shirts and the gear. I still yeah. see it, but all he's the, the only time. Guy, he's the only guy out of that group that I I don't know if we could trust him to honor him someday. Like Kevin Love, LeBron, Tristan Thompson, probably. Tristan Thompson is a Cavalier a long time than people think. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have a Tristan Thompson night. Retired number 13, and you can expect Tristan Thompson's going to go out there, stand at a podium with the spotlight on him, and say all the right things and and, and talk about his time in Cleveland. And you could do, certainly, it's going to be the same for LeBron, and it'll be the same for Kevin Love. I don't know what Kyrie Irving's going to say up there. I don't even know if the guy's going to show up. 
It's a very weird history with that guy. I don't know what you can do. Like, before I say unequivocally they're going to retire his jersey, I don't know what they're going to do now, Anthony. And I, frankly, I, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I don't know how many people are paying attention to the Mavericks. Like, we are, and they're playing the Mavericks tonight. Are there that many young people with, with Kyrie Irving jerseys that are Mavericks jerseys? No, no, I don't, I don't think that. I, I just think there's there's a lot of people that he'll always, forever, based on something that he did and he helped accomplish, I think they will always say, hey, right. might be a weirdo, but I absolutely loved watching him play. It was special to be a part of that. We saw him grow up right before our eyes. Unfortunately, might have grown up a little too fast. Not the way we wanted it, but we have those memories of the times where we were on cloud nine we talk trash to every fan base because we won a championship. Not a defensive player of the year, not a coach of the year, not an assistant of the year, not, hey, we made the playoffs and got drubbed. No, we won a championship with this I, I guy. I think a lot of people that sets different. you apart forever. Are people in Cleveland still Kyrie fans? 216 474 0092. Are you still a Kyrie fan? I think it's not I even are you a, weird. I think it's not even are you a Kyrie fan? Are you a fan of what that meant? What he did in so not what he is in Dallas. Not, Who well, cares? Yeah, I'm I don't not think saying that, that's a good that. point. That's a great point. I'm not trying to talk about any of the controversy that he's been mired in over the last mm-hmm. how many years. Okay? That's not what I'm doing. We talked about that back then. I'm not trying to bring it up now. Thank you for clarifying this. But Kyrie's time here, is there still an admiration that you have? I think for LeBron, yes. I think for Kevin, yes. I think for Tristan Thompson, it's easy because he's still here. Uh, I would say yes, or at least he's back, I should say. With Kyrie, I don't, I don't know. The guy that hit the shot. I yes, but I, <laughs> I, hey, I respect that, Kevin, what he Kevin did. Love was getting benched in some of those games at the end. Like, and, Kyrie was the guy that was outplaying yeah, the unanimous MVP. I know, but he was, the fir- he was the first guy to say he wanted out, and everybody else eventually wanted out. I know that. Yeah, they the first guy to say he wanted out, so there's people <laughs> who blame him to, for the start of the downfall of those Cavs, which I I will say till the cows come home, they didn't have to trade Kyrie Irving. They did not have to. You and I fought about that tooth and nail. They did not have to do that, and they didn't have to do it for Isaiah Thomas, who certainly resents the entire area here, and is still tweeting at Cavs fans, apparently, from what I saw the other day. They didn't have to do that, but they did, and I can put that on the Cavs if I want to and put that on Dan Gilbert if I want to. Like there, Guys, I have respect for him, but I think a lot of people emotionally – like, it feels like he won't let them appreciate his greatness when he was here. And there, there were some times he was great. He was great. It's still the best finisher I think I've seen ever. I mean, in, in, in live basketball, the best finisher I think I've ever seen. 216-474-0092. I, I think a lot of people, when they think of that, it's there's three guys that they're really in on, and then I think the other one's just kind of, eh, he's... I don't know. Maybe we'll reevaluate that later on down the line. Maybe if he has 10 years off and and and, and we want to have a Kyrie Irving night, maybe by that time, but who knows what's going to be going through that guy's mind because there's times where you see him and everything's like, hey, he's talking ball, and that, that's Kyrie. That's the guy you drafted. That's the young guy that we first had that had some spunk, had some fire, and then there's times where I'm just like, what is this guy saying? 216-474-0092. Steven and Stowe. Steven, Hello. Yeah, how's it going? Not bad. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just calling about, you know, you guys talking about Kyrie and, you know, everything he's done for the city and uh, the tribute video. And I don't know, I just, I'm a fan of Kyrie. I love him. He brought a, helped bring a championship to the city. But, uh, you know, I, 
giving him a trivia video every time he comes to the city, I just feel like it's too much. Yeah, what I mean that that may be the case. I always just see like Stephen, do you go to these games? Um, I I think Dallas is considered a premium game, so people paid more money to go see the the, the Mavericks. Luka, yeah. And I think if they show Kyrie on the big board, he's gonna get way more cheers than booze. And I think that's that's about right. Yeah, and I get that. Uh, and you know, I went to the uh, the Jazz game, and Colin Sexton came in town, and we gave Colin Sexton a tribute video. So yeah. you know, I, I feel like I feel like they're getting diluted. Well, uh, well I, that's I, for sure. I, I totally agree with that, that's Stephen. For, that's a great point. But for a guy like Kyrie, or for a guy like any of these guys here. I would say, and thank you very much for the call. I would say there's different, like it's a different audience every time. Like when you and I are like, okay, we got like 920. I'm going to bring up the Darius Garland thing again. I'm mm-hmm. just going to tell you, you and I had it out at six o'clock. Well, there's different people listening at 920 than there were at six o'clock. There were different people at the Cavs Nets game that he played in. than there are people that played that are going to be going to the Cavs Mavericks game tonight. So yeah, there's going to be different people seeing a, a, a tribute video. But a tribute video is what is like the culmination of your career type of thing, right? Or at least his Cavs career. Yeah. I mean, they can show the shot tonight, and I, that will get an ovation. That's true. All they go, have to do is show that. No just, one's booing. You it's, don't need to do yeah, that's you don't so need true. to do all the rest of it. Just show the shot. Yeah. Show the stop. Show the block. Show the shot at the end. And and uh, even though it's kind of out of time-lapse sequence. Yeah. And Ken, I, but, might, I might be removed from a, a little bit too far removed now. Maybe you're right. Maybe there are no Kyrie jerseys tonight. Maybe that's over. I, that is interesting. I, I, I do never. Wonder, I, let us know if, you, if you're if you at that game and and there still are a ton of Kyrie jerseys. I'd be interested. Well, we you were need looking, to take pictures of them. I, I remember sharing that story, man. I don't think it's that way anymore. Like, I remember sharing that story when we were moving from Ridgeville over to get closer to Liz's parents. And we were on the east side, and I was—I looked at that house in Hudson, and I looked at that. Obviously, I bought the houses in the borough, and we looked at houses in the falls, and we looked at. at yes, I know, we looked at houses. But you had to in Chagrin Falls. I looked at a house in Chardon for crying out loud. Pineapple Lake. Yes. Pineapple and looked at a house in, in, in Bainbridge. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, every one of those. But houses, then you came back to Chagrin Falls because you wanted to just make going sure there every weekend. We're yeah. not old Boy. enough yet to share spouses. You're going to be running for mayor yet. here. Jeez. And I, didn't I know be... you like this one, but did you see the one over by the Kinston School? <laughs> want to be talked <laughs> into it. That's all. But I, we went to all those houses. And I'll be damned if there was there was a few Steph Curry stuff there. There was way more Kyrie stuff because they would he'd have those open houses. There was always a kid's room because we were looking for, you know, bedrooms there for our kids. And there was always Kyrie Irving stuff. And I don't know. I don't think you're seeing any of that stuff anymore. I don't think there's on. I don't know. You're not seeing any of that. Lee in Cleveland. Lee, hello. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? Wonderful, Lee. Go ahead. I got a question for y'all to debate. Do he deserve a statue? No. Not tonight. <laughs> they can't get it up fast. How quickly can you work? Do you want to give him a statue, Lee? Uh, no, not really. I mean, other than there's only going to be one statue in front of it, that's going to be LeBron. No, other Cavaliers deserve a statue, no? No. They, no. No. Yeah, I don't no, think so. No. No. They, they'll, they'll be in the Hall of Fame. They'll get their jerseys retired, but no. All right, Lee, thank you very much for the call. Chris in Twinsburg. Chris, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. So, uh... Oh, I love Kyrie. I, I burned sage in my house because of Kyrie. <laughs> I love being talked down to by a faux intellectual. He's a great guy. So not a big fan of Kyrie, Chris. No, now, I, but I'm definitely going to buy his shoes that are that are uh, made in a Chinese sweatshop. That's my now first. Now that's uh, now thing hold I'm on for Reckless just a speculation. Se- Chris, how old are you? Let me ask. I am 41. Okay, and Chris, I got to let you go. Thank no, you. No, I want to know what athletes he oh. likes. 
because oh, well, you should have said I mean, that. I thought we I were mean, moving on. I mean, if it, look, oh, no, there's, there's no doubt. It's like, done. It's done. Athletes Chris, are, do it with Mitch Hucker. Athletes are using their platforms more than ever before, and yeah, a lot of people get annoyed by it unless they agree with them, unless they tend to agree with them, whether it's politically or on anything. Um, but you know, they, they these guys. I don't know. Are politically, young. he's all over the place. I have no he's, idea where he's from. I don't think he knows. Today. I don't think he knows. But these these players, because they were told forever, we, we you guys are idiots. You don't know what you're talking about, whatever. Well, they finally have a platform, and when they actually want to get involved in whatever they want to get involved with, then that's always going to upset you know, a, a slew of people, well, especially if they don't agree with what their particular platforms are, what they're on on that day. Look, I want my 6'6 power forward shoes to be built in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm not. Boy, kids bought his shoes. His shoes were the most popular they shoes still- for for how many years? Yeah, so I, I don't know if the shoe thing was a, was a good didn't he well, have was a good criticism. Didn't he have them Krispy Kreme things one time that people were going crazy for when he was here? I also want to ask that caller crazy. what shoes he was wearing <laughs> when he made the phone call. I don't know if he looked at the Nation of Origin. Bruno Mollies. I wonder where mine were made at. I, almost said I don't think he would like the answer. I'll just put it that way. Jared and Stowe, you're next up on the fan. Hey, I'd like to say that I definitely, I'm 23, and I have some buddies who resent Kyrie. They hate him for what he did, obviously. Mm-hmm. But For what he did, I mean, what do you mean, they, just wanting to get out? Yeah, the way he left, they say that he costed us a run at more championships. That's odd, well, that's, and that's a very good point, Jared. Stay with me, because Jared that's is 23. That's seven years yeah. ago. Jared's in junior high, m- yeah, middle school right. when that goes how down. Did they so feel I about, would, I would how, hate his guts. Yeah, how did they feel about LeBron? Um, I, I, when, when LeBron first left, I mean, I was 10, we were a little, I remember it, but we were definitely a little too young. Now, the second time he left, obviously he brought the championship and I think he means more to the area than Kyrie. So there's definitely more. How do they feel about LeBron wanting Chris Paul and wanting them to trade Kyrie Irving? Cause you got to remember that's Kyrie didn't just make it up out of thin air that he wanted out. There was a reason. I mean, to me, Kyrie's my second favorite basketball player of all time. Always will be, and I'll love the guy forever. This is just from what I hear from my buddies back and forth. Good. That's why we asked. With, I, I wanted the answer. LeBron is, has put his roots in so deep, Jared. Thank you very much for the call because Jared yeah. is the exact age person I want to talk to about that. LeBron has put his roots in so deep. Like I think to a lot of us, including myself, it's like, what's the point of me hating the guy? He's going to be here forever. There's no point of me hating the guy. There's always going to be a connection here. He's going to be here, and he's going to do things in the community. There's just no point. There's no. I, I tried to back before the station, station started. Then he came back. That all went away. Kyrie, I don't, I, I don't know if he'll ever come back. Kevin Love, I got so mad at Kevin Love for that crap he pulled in Toronto. And I was screaming he at you. He quit on the team. Yeah. Yes, and I said he quit on the team. He quit on us. I was so mad. I'm like, no, we'll, we'll welcome Kevin Love back. And that, that was an ugly day. I'm not and excusing he did work that, to but get himself back yeah. into the good graces. And he did. And he, he tried did. for the team. Yeah, actually. and then it got to the end. But by the time it ended, I I got mad because they picked Dean Wade over him, right. which still might end up being the right call overall. But I got mad because they picked Dean Wade over him. But I also know that Kevin Love will probably come back and wave to the crowd in a suit and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. And tr- and Tristan Thompson, damn it, will do the same thing. 
I don't trust Kyrie Irving to do any of that stuff. So it's easy for me to dislike Kyrie Irving from a fan. Yeah, but I just don't care. I don't care about the personalities of these players. I don't know why anybody would. I care that he hit a shot. In the NBA, I, I think we care about the that, personality more than the other sports. Definitely, com- almost I, combined. I just, I just don't. I don't need to get to know these guys and worry about their politics and have to have an understanding of their psyche. I just know that I celebrated really hard when he hit that shot, leave and I'm po- never going to forget that. Leave politics out. I don't care if he's a Republican, Democrat, Green Party, whatever it might be. It, it, there's a love for the area. And if you do not reciprocate a love for the area or seem to put off like you do, then I don't think I'm going to want anything to do with you. I we just, are a very tight-knit community here I as just, fans. I just, I, you're going to hate this. I just assume they all hate playing in Cleveland, especially NBA players. I've, I've, well, I, sir. I, I don't know. Is that Two, is that off one, base? Six. I don't really care. I've heard four, Noah. seven, four, double oh ninety two. Did Lima just uh, am expose I wrong? the elephant in the room? Am I wrong? I I think I, you're I, way I, off. I th- really? Yes. Okay. NBA players want to want to come to Cleveland. No, uh, that's not what I said. I'll explain okay. when we come back in the fan. Well, you sir have certainly opened up a can of worms. Bitch, please at nine forty. Say what you said. Say it again. Or an argument about Kyrie. You already forget? Well, I the reason it came up was because of something you said. You had said that oh. Kyrie didn't want to be here, well, because and therefore we shouldn't like him. Well, and I'm like, I don't know how many NBA players want to be here, period. So you probably wouldn't like what they really think when they, they come here, because then you wouldn't like anybody. I mean, you're looking at me like an idiot. Maybe I am an idiot. I'm saying Cleveland as in the city or the organization? No, no, not the or, not the organization. Could I think be that column the, A, could that's be the, column the B. The organizations change so many times over the years. So, and with all the teams, with or with the Browns and the Cavs, obviously they've changed a number of times. Guardians have kind of kept it steady. I think there are tons of baseball players that have wanted to come here because they knew they'd get developed. Now, developed so they could get paid somewhere else, but they knew coming here they'd be in good hands with the organization. I think a bunch of Browns players were good coming here because the Browns were willing to pay. And so that they, they came here. Wasn't ever the organization. Well, let me get wasn't it. ever the coach. Wasn't he on record to people? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I had to get a retirement plan. Dwayne Bow. Oh, God. He started a record. He had to finance that. He started a, elect- yeah. a record label. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, the NBA, you know, these guys, there's a handful of markets they want to play in. It's just, it's just been a reality my entire life. Well, right? They don't a- want to go to Utah. They don't want to go to Utah. That's that's just been well documented. They don't want to go to Utah. Might as well be owned by David Geffen. Didn't even think about that for a second. Starting up record labels and the whatnot. Um, okay. I think at the very beginning, at the very beginning, you might have a point. I do think that a lot of people, I mean, if you take care of the city, they take care of you. Yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and act like a, a kid who played basketball in New York City or in Los Angeles, California, or wherever, gets selected by the Cleveland Cavaliers and is just over the moon, unless he was selected by the Cavaliers when LeBron was here. I can't imagine he was just over the moon excited. I'm not going to lie about that, but it is a good sports town. It can be a fishbowl, and if you do not treat us well, it can be a very suffocating place for people. And there's been some people who have found, and some players who have found that out, that they... Some odd reason they can handle it in some cities. They certainly can't handle it in Cleveland. I mean, it didn't work out well for a couple of names. But I think that for a lot of guys, if if the talent is there, and for Tristan, we I, I think we will have the day where, yes, Tristan is not as good as the other three, but we will have his day and we will support him and do the wave and all that other stuff. Uh when it comes to 
Kevin Love and LeBron, the whole obviously with LeBron, it's a totally different set of circumstances, but the the, the truth is still there. And he's from here. But with Kyrie, I just think a lot of people just look at it and say, they don't believe he loves us. They don't believe he ever loved us. We loved him. He never now they don't feel he reciprocated. Now, this is obviously revisionist, but they don't feel that he reciprocated. And I think that's going to have a very big that's going to have a very big return on that. You know, I, I I brought this up last week when we started talking about the, the statue stuff. It got brought up on the podcast. Peterlin wanted to go after me because he thought everybody was going to kill me over it. A lot more people agreed with me than I think he thought it was. And I brought this up before, you know, years later, when we have a Larry Doby statue and a Bob Feller statue and a Jim Brown statue and a Jim Tommy Graham statue, what's Jim Tommy doing over there? In comparison to the other ones, like statues are a big deal. LeBron, LeBron has meant a lot of things to a lot of people for a long time. Jim Tomey hit a home run, a lot of home runs. Great, he was a prolific home run hitter, but he also left for what two million dollars extra. That doesn't sit well with a lot of people long term. Retiring jerseys, you bring up. I, I mean, I think I found my Nate Thurman almost in in Jim Tomey, because when I compare him to the other guys that have statues in this city, and the, the one. He's the franchise leader in home runs. That's, it's not like he's Nate Thurman who spent. That's fantastic. A year and a half. I know here. that. Yeah. I know that. He's the franchise leader in home runs. But when you look around the, the the city of who the other names are, these are some incredible names. Incredible people. Philanthropically, right? Is yes. That the correct word? Yeah. Yes. And they I look are. at, and I'm sorry, I, everything with Jim Tomey now is White Sox, White Sox, White Sox, Peoria, Illinois. It's like, uh, we, we, we don't. Really? Okay. All right. I mean, there's a statue of you out front, but everything just seems to be all Chicago. All right. I know you're from there, but just, I don't know. Like, Yeah, we get territorial about, about certain guys. Man, I look back. I and, love, and maybe I'm misguided. I have no ill will towards Jim Tomey whatsoever. Maybe, I, it, it, maybe I had I'm, some of my most fun moments as a sports fan when Jim Tomey was I try here. not. Yeah, I, and I try not to, but, you know, now that I think about it, I go, man, there's, you know, where's the love? Where's the love back? My mom loved you. Where's where's the love back? Where's it where's it coming back from? Was it just a was it just the thing that was convenient for you? Like I start to think that, way. and I might very well be misguided. Five years from now, I might think differently. But there's a, a bit of cynicism that's creeping in on me here when we're talking about evaluating greatness. But it would be the same thing. What did I just say about Kyrie? Well, if you really wanted to, you could retire his jersey and and have the Kyrie Irving night because he hit the great shot. Okay, well, really, what is? I mean, Kyrie Irving had some camps and definitely cared about some of the kids here in Cleveland, Ohio. But you could say that. There was philanthropic stuff. I'm sure there was philanthropic stuff with Jim Tomey when he was here. Right. I don't think Kyrie Irving would ever really want to come to any of this stuff. And maybe I'm putting a I lot towards think, Jim Tomey that I should be putting towards Kyrie Irving. I don't think you're – I think there's a lot of jersey retirements that you retire the jersey for the player. Yeah. I think retiring Kyrie's jersey is not for Kyrie Irving. It's for the fans. It's to commemorate Usually, yes. that moment in time. Yeah, he yes. probably wouldn't even – like you said, you don't even know if he would show up. I don't know if and he would I'm show up. And I'm sure out of everybody. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have to be there for his. I want to yeah. remember that moment and how it felt. I mean – I know we you you guys all remember where you were. You were unfortunately stuck here, right? When the shot went down. Yeah, I was the, in. No, uh, yeah, I was in studios. Yeah. So, yeah. but like I was over in the arena, and I will never forget that moment when that went down and how crazy the crowd was. And every time I walk in there, and I'm fortunate enough to work in there, well, so I'm in there a lot. But every time I walk in there, I do think about that moment. You know, for a second. Yes. And it's and and for me, it's just, it's just not that moment, he, Owen. It is everything that was associated with that team, not just even that year, 
every night going downtown for a playoff game right. and knowing we were going to have a blast. And I, I felt like prime of my life, which is part of it too, maybe for older people, it's spending time with their kids, watching that team, right. and knowing almost every night you had, a sh- you had a chance to win and you had a chance to win it all. And they did. Oh. Unlike yes, all these did. other teams with empty promises and empty hopes and dreams, every year we get excited about the Browns and they disappoint us. This is a team that didn't disappoint us. They paid it off and he hit the shot. He well, did. How many Cleveland moments have, have, have gone down in flames? I mean, the Rajay Davis home run, it could have been that, but they lost. They lost. The Browns in the 80s, amazing. Bernie Kosar and the dog pound, and they lost. This is the team well, that won, so which we, is all we ever talk about is winning, and they did it. Did you get a I statue? I can't harbor bad feelings about that guy. Would that you give him a statue? Would probably you consider not. it? Yeah, probably not. Probably no I statue. I thought I was going to get you there for a second because I'm going, well, you know, the guys who have statues have all won championships here, except for one, Jim Thome. I don't know why I'm getting I'm getting to a bitter place about it. I'm sorry. Well, is Mike, Trout, going is Mike Trout going to get a statue in – Anaheim? I don't know. He might get three. They do three over there, and he'll get one for each playoff game he's been in. (laughs) (laughs) From an old guard to a new guard, are we at a point of crisis right now with Darius Garland? I don't think crisis, but if this is Garland the rest of the year, then they are not winning anything in the playoffs, and then it's a crisis. What does he have to do to get out of this funk? Does he have to just be more aggressive okay, according, and understand that he's going he's gonna to take shots in the chops? He's for me to say who is not going to take shots in the chops from 6'9", guys. According to the people that have been arguing with me over the last week, uh, he just needs to gain his weight back and get into the flow of normal NBA basketball again because that is what they're writing off this entire year, too, is, is that he was sidelined, he lost weight, didn't, wasn't able to work on doctor's orders on his game at all. And again, I need to know from a doctor why they stopped him from dribbling. I don't understand. They're almost making it seem like he he can't play well this year. It's the the season. It's been written. The script's been written. It's just been an oh shucks year for Darius Garland. The guy who got paid 200 plus million dollars. It's it's an unfortunate season. I do think there's some extenuating circumstances of this offense has changed. Their process has changed and part of it changed while he was out. And so he's got to get used to that. I I mean, I've had to ask him to do a lot of different things. Like, I'm not impressed by Darius Garland's play. But I think some of this stuff that's been levied levied upon him has been unfounded. I think that we have looked for guys that we want to blame for whatever stretch of bad basketball or rough basketball, because it hasn't been terribly bad. They've won games. But rough basketball that we have over any period of time. Now, they've been rough before the All-Star break. Let's remember that. But they got 26 more games left to go to figure this thing out. But he does have to be more aggressive, which is hard to say because you got smacked in the face last year numerous times. You got your eye clawed out twice last season. And then, of course, you had the the fractured jaw earlier this year. So there's things that you're coming back from that are going to put a damper on your season. And when your offense has changed the way it's changed, where you have more guys shooting threes, I think it's made things more difficult for him. He's got 26 more games to figure this thing out. It has to go again tonight. I don't even think, and I, I tell you what, it's a back-to-back. If he goes out there and he scores 30 tonight and looks great doing it, I'm the guy defending Darius Garland. I am not going to sit there and say everything's all hunky-dory and everything's fine because I know how people are, and it's going to be a back-to-back, and if he's not very good against Chicago tomorrow night in Chicago, then we're going to be right back to square one with a lot of people because I think people are 
excited about the Cavs, but I think they're getting ready to get their bullseyes out on who to blame in case this thing doesn't go their way because I think a lot of people are still questioning how good this team really is. They ain't going to blame Donovan. They don't want to blame Evan Mobley, even though some want to blame Evan Mobley. Jared Allen has played so strong, you can't blame him. No. You really can't blame Donovan Mitchell either. No. But you can, a lot of people want to put it right on Darius Garland. And I think some of it, fair. I think some of it, unfounded. 216-474-0092. Up next, Mitch, please. And we say goodbye to a legend. The only way we know how. Ken Carmen, Anthony Lima, take us with you to work on the free Odyssey app. Mitch, please. You're one for one on the week. Of course, we're only into day two, so we'll see if you're one for two or two for two to make the show better. Finish it up strong here, Mitch. What do you got? So this actually comes very appropriately on the court storming uh, discussion from earlier this past weekend. This was from the Mississippi Valley State Prairie View A&M game. Uh, Mississippi Valley State, the last remaining winless team in Division One in the NCAA. And this final call in their game was from Andre Williams Jr. and Caleb Brunson. I mentioned their names because this call made my week. I hope it makes yours. Here's the call. We ain't here to- and Andre, that's game! And that will be game! And that will be game! And that's now build that first win! First call, we saw on the court! And that's we're The Mississippi Valley Devils, Devils are currently on a one-game winning streak. With that game, the Prairie View night. Panthers will fall to 10 and 16, 5 and 10 in the swag. The Mississippi Valley Devils, Devils will improve to 1 and 27. What a senior 1 night. and 14 in the swag. Let's go! <laughs> What's the audio courtesy of? Uh, the Mississippi Valley State uh, Sports Network <laughs> on YouTube. Chaos. On it YouTube. Was. Admittedly, I, I'm, awesome. I wasn't entirely sure what was being said, except excitement was being personified. Well, I heard in there that the Panthers will now fall to 10 and 16, and the, <laughs> the Delta Devils, right? Devils? Yeah. The Delta, Delta Devils. Devils. That's yep. where Jerry Rice went to college. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, I love, Kenny, when you were showing and me. And it was senior night. Yeah, of course. When you were showing me during COVID how to actually not overmodulate the sound when oh, I was at God. home. Because I had no idea. I never like run a board trying before. trying to teach English to a dog. I think uh, these these two could have used your help, Kenny, to make sure. I don't think they thought they they'd get excited. that excited. They right. were excited. Right, and that's that's part of the trick is you always have to talk. Right. You don't do it. You don't do a test by going, "Hey, everybody, we're here to do the podcast." When you do the podcast, you go, "Ah!" Like that's how you have to make sure that you that's have to sound how it goes, to be. Yes. I uh, I used to kind of mess with Meredith about that sometimes. Way back, not recently, but back in the day, I would do that. Where she'd go, test one, two, and I'd go, test one, two for the bronze stuff. And then I'd go, on a sunny <laughs> Sunday morning, we welcome you to week 16. Like, Where she, the Owen 15 Browns are getting set to get would, off the schneid. She would like do this thing. You'd see her jump up out of her seat and go try to like cover up the mics. It was great. I did. I had to do those, the Wednesday night, Thursday night shows with you for like two seasons, I think. Huh? And I knew we'd set the levels and then I'd. Bring her down just a touch, because I knew when when we started up, we are live <laughs> from Maria. <laughs> like every time. Every time. <laughs> and then once, once you got going and Gerard would get in there, we could readjust the levels again, and now into I'm, the show we went. Now, yes, I we love did. the clip. I'm disappointed you didn't find the John Carroll clip in one of our own. 
right here at 923 The Fan. Who? That was a part of their OAC championship. Controversial. Oh. Late calls oh. in that one against Mount Union in Mount the last OAC. didn't make OAC. the tournament, by the way. They didn't? No. They didn't make the tournament. Okay, the fight th- and fuel line season is over. There was a bracketology for Division Three hoops Obviously, that had them there in. Obviously, there should be. Yeah, well, I guess uh, Joe Lenardi's slipping. You got to be kidding me. So Jake, Jake that works at the station. Oh, it's Jake. Was on the call. Jake Volding. And I heard it on the radio. I heard their post game as I was coming home from the library, of which I watched an OAC tournament basketball game while I was supposed at to be watching my kid. Oh, you are. Uh, oh. Boy, things have gone very well for you here recently. You look for they? free things to do with your child to take up some of the days because 24 hours seems like 48 these days. So is he two for two? Is he one for two? Oh, it was make good. The show better. I thought it was a great clip. Outstanding. I think that I agree. I think it was a good clip. Good for Mississippi Valley State. 57-51 over Prairie View A&M. They improved to 1-27 on the season. They're on a, a one-game winning streak. Good for Boom. the Delta Devils. Well, I'm, they, I'm sure they have the, what, the SWAC tournament coming up? Yep. Who knows? You know, don't count them out. Don't count out those Delta Devils. So, I found out overnight. I didn't know this. It's, this happened in the middle of the uh, evening, I should say. Like, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, somewhere in there. I did not know this. Uh, it was announced that Ole Anderson, the legendary Ole Anderson, passed away. One of the originators of the Four Horsemen uh, got Arn Anderson's. Of course, that's not Arn Anderson's real name, but he looks a lot like Arn Anderson. So he got Arn Anderson's career start. You didn't know this? I thought they were brothers. No. No. I absolutely thought they were Arn brothers. Arn Anderson's real name is Martin Lundy, and he's from <laughs> Rome, Georgia. And is this, is Ole Anderson his real name? Uh, I believe I think it, it is. I actually believe it is. I believe yeah, I thought he's, for sure they were brothers. Because no, they got family. Like he's a part of a family. And I the will Anderson say, family. If you can go back and find Ole Anderson, if you got a little bit of time today, if you can go find Ole Anderson shoot interviews. What shoot means is that he's telling the truth. It's not part of kayfabe. Uh, do yourself a favor and go. Ole Anderson was not his real name. <laughs> watch Ole Anderson shoot interviews. What's his real name? Alan Robert Rogowski. <laughs> Alan Robert Rogowski, we wish you well as you get ready to cross over through the pearly gates. He was from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, that's right. Part of the Minneapolis wrecking crew. Uh, owned a lumber <laughs> business too, right? That is not in this, so I will just say. I think sure. you should have you written the bio. Well, this is really New York Times stuff here for all You Anderson. should be doing the eulogy, Kenny. What? Well, I, shut up, okay? You don't know anything about Ole Anderson. At least I know something yeah. about Ole Anderson. We're a huge Ole Anderson show. Of course, uh, we are. We actually are a big Ole Anderson For show. For one thing in particular. Because we are a big Shockmaster show. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, Ole Anderson as the Shockmaster. Our partner is going to shock the world because he is none other than the Shockmaster! <laughs> right. The Shockmaster! <laughs> I told you. Oh, guys. I don't care who you are, boy. You're going to be a and we're going to be breathing to your neck. So you're the man that rules the world. They call me the Shockmaster. So the whole premise of this was a man who's known as Tugboat. I think it was Fred Ottman. Uncle Fred, who, yeah. Who, came, who they put, they took, they took. Glitter spray paint and spray painted a stormtrooper mask helmet. Had him walk through this this drywall, but they had a two by four at the bottom of it. 
He trips over the two by four, goes through the wall, loses the helmet. Comes and the right entire off. premise of this was the man was supposed to be called the shock master, but he wasn't even supposed to use his own voice. He was the pantomime to the voice of Ole Anderson. That was Ole thinking, Anderson's voice, not Fred Ottman's. Hi, my yeah. <laughs> And the gimmick went so bad because of him falling through the wall. Eventually, the Shockmaster went from this intimidating character to an electrician who always got shocked when he did work. <laughs> Get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? talking in the background. You want a piece of me? Come and get me. Come after me, Sid. It was a. Uh, it was credit to Sid Justice for uh, staying, staying in his gimmick and actually going after the Shockmaster. Which I don't know how you do it. I, <laughs> I think everybody involved with this was probably alarmed and then bust out into laughter. Well, British Bulldogs there, and you can hear him cussing underneath it in the part that was cut out. Well, the thud is so yes. loud. Can someone confirm for me that Ole Anderson owned a Let's go. lumber company? I thought he owned a timber company. Well, he did. It was called Ole Ole's Oxen Free. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it was Get, a livestock stop. company. Stop. Just go around opening up all the cow gates. God bless Ole Anderson. Rest in peace. For a guy who looks like he's no nonsense and would never believe in anything and make believe and never have any fun. He knew how to play on American emotions and was a legend in what he did. And also for the Shockmaster. Big thanks to Zach Jackson who joined us today. Got a podcast coming up after the show. Are you going to teach people how to read a box score? We can do that. Boy, that and sounds terrible when I say it out loud. Like, hey, listen to the podcast. He'll read a box score for and, you. And uh, more college news. It seems like every day there's Ooh. more college sports news. We had the Mac News, UMass Joining the MAC Conference, mm-hmm. um, Mid American Conference, but there is a you can't lot. say MAC Conference. It's MAC yeah. Conference Conference. Yeah, there is conference, a conference. lot going on with college sports, and we haven't talked in three weeks about all the changes. There you go. Sixteen team playoff. Gonna be fun. Ten fifteen live. The emerging podcast scene. Ninety two three. The fan extra presented by Extend Technologies. Get it on the free Odyssey app. It's coming up at ten fifteen live. Big thanks to Zach Jackson. Listen to that interview. So the Browns may be very interested in a reconciliation with Jacoby Brissett. We're back tomorrow, 6 to 10, for Big Country, for Jeff, for Mitch, for the slippery wizard, Anthony Lima. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Hey, sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.